last night's podcast, we went on uh, on the web and we talked to strangers and we asked them for relationship advice about this kind of like pattern of behavior that's been going on for who knows how long. And uh, here we are tonight. We have our first guest on the podcast. Yeah. Brandon's new best friend, right? <laughs> last night, yeah. last night, like we were talking about romantic relationships a lot. Mm-hmm. And like the number one thing that most people uh, said was take it slow, yeah. right? And don't rush into things because we all do that. They, we, I, how I, many people do you think we, we asked the same question uh, to? 20, 15, And 20? they, about like the, probably about 75% said the same things that the other people said, and that was to take it slow and to not rush things and to find yourself, love yourself and, you know, take time to heal from all the other relationships and just hang out with your friends mm-hmm. instead of looking for a relationship, stop jumping into another relationship right after one or another, you know, and just kind of just, you know, hang out and be cool and just don't be looking for girls, you know. And Brandon was really excited when he got off the, f- when we got done. It was like two plus hours that we did this for. And uh, when he left, he's like, yeah, you know, I, if this doesn't work, I don't know what. Like, I done told you all this stuff. You done heard it from 15, 20 random strangers on the Internet. Right. Like, so let's like let this settle in. Then he calls me this morning and he's like, I have a new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> never. <laughs> you ain't never had a friend like me. Believe that. You ain't never had a friend like me. See, at night I watch the sky. I take another breath. I smoke my new boy to the butt like it's the last motherfucker left. Just me and you evading enemies. Let you get my last shot of Hennessy. Ain't never had a friend like me. Remember memories so vividly. Was once a little dust kicker, now becomes a G. Who can I call when they all fail? Collect calls to my dogs from the county jail. Sending me mail. Heard the blocks in the same shape. Ain't nothing changed. Niggas slanging at the same place. The same face is supposed to always hate our foes. This lifestyle is forever. Watch the game unfold. Shitting crocodile tears just got life plus. And you wonder if these white judges like us. Just stay strong. We'll appeal, nigga. You'll be free. Down with you to the very end. Cause you ain't never had Episode number four of the Not Off the Ground podcast. Today's episode, we have our first guest appearance on the pod i guess to like put this thing into a little bit of context if you are just stumbling across this podcast for the very first time might i suggest you go back and start on episode number one essentially what's happening here is we're kind of telling a story to be completely transparent with you guys All of these episodes are recorded three weeks to a month prior to the release date. So what we did was we recorded like a bunch of episodes before we ever published one just to kind of like have uh, have less pressure on getting these things up and getting these things posted. And we were we were recording often at the time. Since then, it's kind of scaled back, but we don't do any promotion. We don't have any social media. We don't have any type of advertising or anything like that. We literally publish the episodes and walk away. So if you're enjoying listening to the program, if you're uh, close enough to myself or Brandon to where we sent you a link and asked you to listen, 
we would ask you to maybe share it with a friend. Let them know that you, if you enjoy what you hear, let somebody know about it. We're going old school. We're going underground radio. If you find it, you enjoy it, you get a laugh, share it with somebody. Let them know about it because we're not. We're not telling anybody about it. We're just doing these things. But we're just telling a story, um, a story of friendship, a story of Brandon's life, a story of Brandon's progress, all that stuff. So if you are hearing this, just know that it was recorded about a month ago. There is more to the story. This thing gets deeper. I know because we're present day today, we're already here. We've got a few upcoming episodes um, that are a lot of fun and the story totally evolves. So if you listen last week to episode number three, Brandon's been going through some relationship troubles and we took to the internet. We took to random strangers for advice on how Brandon should move forward with his relationship predicament. After taking all of your advice, Brandon left here. It was like, we finished recording. I don't know. It must've been 11 or 1130 at night. He didn't go home. He wanted to, he did not go home. He wanted to take what you guys suggested to him and immediately apply it to his life. So he went out, he contacted a female, he met up with her and he began to apply the tools that you guys suggested to him. He shows back up the very next day and he tells me, Hey Steve, I've got a new best friend and she's on the show today. Brandon's new best friend, Kayla, joins the program. You guys told him on episode three, you guys told him he needs to take it slow. He needs to become friends with these women first before they move into a relationship. So not only did he become friends with Kayla, he became best friends with Kayla. He's taking your advice. He's applying it to his life. So on this episode, we sit down with Kayla. We touch on a good bit of the relationship stuff that we've been working on the last couple of weeks. And then we get to know her. We find out who she is. We find out where she comes from. We find out a little bit about her. With all that being said, I want to hear from you guys, the listeners. What do you think is going to happen with this new situation? How is this thing going to play out? Call me, send me a voice message, either leave a voicemail that's under three minutes long on our hotline at 828-482-5915 or record a voice memo on your phone and email it to us, notgpod at gmail.com. Send me a message. Let me know how, after listening to the three episodes about Brandon's relationships, him taking your advice, applying it to this new friendship. How do you feel this thing is going to play out? We want to know. Send us your take. All right. That's enough of all that stuff. Let's get down to the episode. Episode number four, Best Friends featuring Kayla. (laughs) 
to the podcast that never got off the ground because our executive producer and co-host is too busy chasing women on Snapchat <laughs> podcast. Yeah, Steve. <laughs> too busy chasing the women. That's the name of our podcast, the podcast that never got off the ground okay. because we recorded one episode and then the next day, the co-host did not make it here, even though I got a text message that said, I'm on my way to your house. So I waited like three hours and I didn't, he didn't, and he never showed up. So you then trip I, over a chick or something? So then he, I called him, right? I Listen, so I called him from the computer and I recorded the conversation on the podcast and he gave me this big old run around <laughs> story for like 20 minutes. He talked to me in circles, right? Told uh, me a Told me a bunch of things that weren't the truth. Right? It was some of it. Some of it. Very little. <laughs> you need to let her listen to it one day. And so then the next day he did show up and I made him listen to the co- the phone call conversation. I didn't even know I was on recording when he called me on the phone. Oh, man. The night before. And we analyzed that. that it was so brutal. the next episode of the podcast was analyzing and breaking down that next phone call conversation. <laughs> Why I was doing everything I was saying. Because I didn't even remember half of the stuff I was saying. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember it was so embarrassing. He, he <laughs> told me a lot of like little things that were kind of true, but he left out the big stuff. Like I'm at O'Malley's. <laughs> <laughs> then like, he's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. What was it? Like you asked me if I had anything to drink or something or something. Like, I was like, I just had one beer. And then it got to the end and I was like, I just had two beers. And he was like, he was like, I'm on my way. We're going to do it right now. It was like 11 o'clock at night and he'd been drinking. He's like, I'm coming right now. I'm like, no, bro, I'm not co-signing on drinking drinking and driving. I know you've been boozing it up. I've been to jail way too many times for alcohol related incidents to allow you to, to, to come up here and do this podcast. Wow. Stop drinking and driving. Period. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah, he told us a story. Someone did he tell us a story in the car tonight that something about the guy driving next to him got lit up when he was on his way home? Wasn't that oh, you? Yeah. No, that was no, him. That was me. Um, yeah. yeah, I've had a lot of close calls, drinking and driving, and cops come up behind me, and they don't pull me over, or they pull the person over next to me. Yeah, you know, blessed, blessed. I am, dude. That shit, that that shit, that, that shit. Uh, Never been caught drinking and driving. Forever. That shit does not last forever. It will catch up to you. I've drunk. I've been drinking and driving for probably about a year or two. That's it. A year and a half or so. Professional. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good at it. Um, but I haven't been caught yet. I'm pretty good. He so th- caught you. I caught you. How how do you call? How do you catch me? That night. He recorded you. He actually, as a matter of fact, during that conversation, he, while we were talking for the, it was like a 30, it was a 30 <laughs> minute conversation. Not, right after he told me not to drink and drive, I was giving a, my buddy a ride. Like my buddy came up to me and was like, Hey man, can you give me a ride up the road? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, I was talking to him on the phone while, while <laughs> I was driving, I some, giving some kid a ride home. <laughs> I guess what I was getting at is that, you know, that's how our podcast started off, right? We don't have a name for it. We don't know what we're calling it. So we he called it that because he's like, he's, uh, he's mad a little bit. He's like, Welcome to the podcast that never got off the ground. You know, <laughs> never got off the ground. We never we started. Can't never think of a name or anything. So we don't have a name. We don't have a logo. We don't have anything. But so I guess what I'm what I'm really trying to to say is that my dog Brandon has he's taken some abuse in the last two weeks or so that we've been doing that because we went from that to like making them talk to strangers on the internet abuse from him on this podcast to like breaking down. Uh, his relationships and talking about relationships, talking to total strangers, taking advice from 
uh, strangers on the internet. And so it, it, he's taking a pounding, right? Right. And so last night, last night's podcast, we went on uh, on the web and we talked to strangers and we asked them for relationship advice about this kind of like pattern of behavior that's been going on for who knows how long. And uh, here we are tonight. We have our first guest on the podcast. Yeah. Brandon's new best friend, <laughs> right? Last night, yeah. last night, like we were talking about romantic relationships a lot. Mm-hmm. And like the number one thing that most people uh, said was take it slow, yeah. right? And don't rush into things because we all do that. They, we, I, how I, many people do you think we, we asked the same question uh, to? 20, 15, And 20? they, about like the, probably about 75% said the same things that the other people said, and that was to take it slow and to not rush things and to find yourself, love yourself and, you know, take time to heal from all the other relationships and just hang out with your friends mm-hmm. instead of looking for a relationship, stop jumping into another relationship right after one or another, you know, and just kind of just, you know, hang out and be cool and just don't be looking for girls, you know? And Brandon was really excited when he got off the, f- when we got done. It was like two plus hours that we did this for. And uh, when he left, he's like, yeah, you know, I, if this doesn't work, I don't know what. Like, I done told you all this stuff. You done heard it from 15, 20 random strangers on the Internet. Right. Like, so let's like let this settle in. Then he calls me this morning. and He's like, I have a new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> what I do? I went home. Oh, goodness. And then I turned around and went back out. <laughs> turned around and went back out. He left. Mind you, he left here at like 1130 last night. So yep. and he's I, like, I got a new best friend, right? <laughs> so with all that being said, welcome Brandon's new best friend, Kayla. Thank you. And uh, I guess we could. Do, and we also have a, our first audience member tonight. The first time somebody's yeah. ever actually sat in and watched the podcast. And I actually we used to do this all the time with the old show. And it was a lot of fun. And like people would worry about like making noises in the background and coughing and things like that. Let me just set this straight. We had like Christmas parties and kids running wild and shit like that. Like I ain't worried about, I'm not super worried about like background noise and things like that. Coughing, chiming in from our audience members, all that stuff is a hundred percent approved. So like, it's more about sitting down and getting to know each other. I'm, I'm fascinated with people. I'm fascinated with like what makes people tick, how they became who they are today. Like I'll fucking talk to anybody about this shit. That's why we spent hours on the internet talking yeah. to random people. Like that's just who I am. I also like love the dark honesty. And the, the dark arts? The dark honesty. Okay. I don't like the dark arts. You don't fuck with the dark arts? No, man. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Changed Sounds- my ways. I'm on the good side now. So I guess where we could start is like... um who's Kayla and how did this happen? How'd you get up at this table behind this microphone? Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) What happened last night after Brandon left my house? How about that? Um, he texted me and I think he was texting you the whole time we were having this conversation. I think I was, I think I was. I don't remember how it went. He, I don't know. Somehow we just decided to hang out. So I walked down the road and I met him at the fire department and we went out. Yeah, we went out. Yep. All right. What made I talk about relationship advice? You did. Did he yeah. fill you in on everything yeah. that happened last night? Yeah. What was your take on it? Um, it doesn't really sound like abuse. It sounds more like therapy. Abuse. Yeah, yeah. you just said it was abuse. But after yeah. a while, it became abuse. 
<laughs> it was therapeutic. I did learn a lot. Mm-hmm. And I heard a lot of, you know, valuable lessons from not just men, but women too. And uh, then I hung out with you and I had like a double dose because you taught me some things too. You know, you told me some cool stories about your relationship and everything. Cool stories. That's yeah. what we'll call them. Cool <laughs> stories. Leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. We'll call them cool stories as long as they so I knew don't you. say anything incriminating. And we keep this shit 100% <laughs> anonymous. We only use first names around here. Nobody's going to know. We're not going to, yeah. believe me, I'm not going to... St- Put it on Instagram. Most that, of the, most of the time, we don't even if we're talking about somebody else that we know, we don't even say their name at not, all. Try not to. Yeah, try okay. not. To. Try not to. So yeah, this is hundred percent anonymous. I don't. I'm not telling anybody that I personally know that I'm doing this. Period. Because I want to have the freedom to talk and say anything that I want. Yeah. I don't want anybody. I don't want any type of outside influence on what gets said behind this microphone. So, I want your side of the story. What did he tell you? Man, I wish I could just read the text messages. No, but what did he tell you that we talked about? Lot. Like, what is the Said what is the backstory, um, with the backstory. The, with those relationships that he that like what what were we what were we asking these people last night? I don't really know what you were asking them, but he was wanting to stop getting heartbroken mm-hmm. and rushing into relationships and letting go of past relationships. Yeah. Stuff Fo- like that. Focusing on myself. Yep. And lo- loving myself before, like you know, just before I go jump into another thing and it just become like another, you know, wreck. Yep. It was a common theme last night. All everything that people suggested to us and everything that I've said to you is, has all been along those lines. And I guess the biggest thing that people like struggle to hone in on is how do you do that. Right. Like we know what what we need to do. We need to be able to let go of the past relationships. We need to heal our wounds from whatever type of pain was involved in those. We need Mm -hmm. to like probably like let go of resentments and things towards the other person. Mm -hmm. We need to start building some love for ourselves. They would say all these things. How the fuck do you do that? They would say all these things, but they wouldn't say like what steps I need to take to keep stay like that, you know, like. They're like, what, what can I do? Like, what hobbies can I do? Or like, I don't know. They wouldn't just, they would just be like broad things, you know? And they would never like tell me like. I, I think know. you kind of just got to have self-control, change your cycle. If you know you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, then obviously you don't go to the bar and try to meet chicks. Like we said earlier, go to freaking Costco because you know if she has a credit card, you know she's got her <laughs> shit together and she buys food. So that means she cooks and. Right, and definitely, I want to find a woman that cooks. You know, like <laughs> yeah, because his sister said he can't make mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm not a so cook. So he needs a woman. I need a good. What? He can't make a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again. He cannot even make a sandwich. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> Who makes the sandwiches in your household? Granny. Granny does. Sometimes Raven. Raven makes some sandwiches sometimes. <laughs> Raven makes a meat sandwich. You can smoke down here too if you want to. I don't care. No, I didn't even bring them up in the truck. Damn. That's good. First step. <laughs> Forgetting about them. I didn't forget about them. I put them in there so yeah. I didn't have them on me. I wasn't thinking There's about it. There's an ashtray beating them. around down here somewhere. Right? Do you <laughs> really want me to smoke? You I just want to smell it, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you right now, Steve is the worst for like in trying smoke. to smoke. He's trying, trying to influence you to do your addiction. No. <laughs> yes, no. you are. I fuck, I fuck around with you a lot. I know. But 
I'll, All right, I'm you. not. You're not getting. I'm not driving you to O'Malley's. <laughs> I'll talk some shit, but I'm not driving you to O'Malley's. All right, you're Let's not get you, that straight. Okay, you're not like that influ- influential or whatever. You're like you he just tests you. Yeah, you just you know. Which is good because you're always gonna have those people out there testing you. <laughs> if I'm not testing you and you're stuck testing yourself, we know what the outcome's gonna be. Yeah, like last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a hard time. And then I went home guilty, and I had to talk to my dad about it, and he's like. You went home guilty? Yeah. Why? Because he was telling you all this stuff about recovery and this and that and things. Yeah, but I couldn't really, I didn't really get if he was serious about it or not. Yeah. So, but I I also know how hard it is. Yeah. I don't know. So this is what we did. This is what we did. We went to O'Malley's (laughs) last night. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So I told her, like, she can go to O'Malley's and she can drink. And I'll be DD. I won't drink. Yeah. And it was like. Freaking like I got there at like one thirty. Yeah, right? we had like fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then um I got her there and got her some drinks and listened to her talk, you know. Mm-hmm. I got me my drinks. <laughs> That's the level of friendships. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say <laughs> okay, now I sound bad too, because she bought her own drinks, but yeah. We don't edit nothing out either. It all stays in. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It all stays in. Independent. That's how you keep friendships. It is how you keep friendships. Yeah. Um, that was one thing that a lot of them said too is uh, to really get to know the person to become friends with them mm-hmm. first, right? And to be able to like to be able to know what the, your true intentions are behind this thing, right? Like if I'm some player that's always swiping on Tinder and hitting up new chicks on Facebook or on Snapchat and shit, right? Mm-hmm. It's not somebody that you're going to want to enter into a long-term relationship because there's like you're obviously setting yourself up to probably be hurt right yeah. by someone that's not like committed and wanting to do those things mm-hmm. um how did this conversation evolve last night where did it go like uh, so you want me to start from the beginning like when we first sat down with the drinks i, don't, just, like, I mean when i first met him some crap went down with my ex, and so him and Jeremy were staying in the driveway talking to me, and then that's kind of how our friendship started is just talking about relationships and right, yeah. what's going wrong. And So Jeremy calls me up. You remember <laughs> I told you I had to go pick up my buddy from... Yeah. He calls me up. I could so hear, let's try not to use names. Oh, yeah, I forgot. That's okay. Um, I could hear the, the fear in his voice. You know, he's like, hey, man, uh, can you come pick me up? Uh, some shit went down up here at Jake's, and uh, he don't want to leave the house. There goes another name. <laughs> shit. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, I could I could put a little beep in there too. Don't <laughs> Just keep going. Don't right. let me distract you. All right. And I'm like, yeah, sure, man. What happened? You know, I'll just, you know, I'll let Jake, I'll let him explain it. And I was like, okay. I show up there and I see Kayla out there like kicking stuff around <laughs> in the, in the driveway. Yeah, in the driveway. And I get out and I'm like, "Oh, that's that chick from Waffle House when we went to go eat." You know, and I was like, "I'm gonna talk to her and see what's wrong because things are not going like so, something's not right here." And I talked to her and like I just kept on talking to her about like what's going on and like I offered her a ride to work, a gentleman, because you know she's struggling. She was struggling with a ride and everything at the time and. And then I was going to ask her for Facebook and then Jake comes walking out. So I didn't want to do it in front of her ex, you know, so I had to wait and then asked her for her last name. 
And then I got her last name on Facebook how, yesterday. How? Uh, <laughs> this was kind of awkward, though. Well, so this was okay. okay. Right. This was a few nights ago, right? This wasn't. This was last weekend. Last weekend. So this was before we dove into uh, the relationship mm-hmm. advice for Brandon. Yep. Yeah. Because I would say, like, after hearing all that stuff last night, right, and your intentions are pure, then you, why would you not want him to know that you're doing it? Because I didn't. Because he's still like he's kind of my friend, you know. I didn't want to him to get the wrong idea. Yeah, and I, yeah, I didn't give a crap. <laughs> Yeah, you're not hiding nothing. No, because I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah. People can have friends, but that's the type of person he is. Is jump to conclusions? No, controlling. Uh-oh. He still loves her. He still he still wants no. to be with her. He thinks he does until I'm there, and then he can't control himself. Yeah, right. But there's probably there's probably a lot of other circumstances that he goes to the bar and he's a whore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was partying with him. And my other buddy, that was his birthday party. We all went to the bar and hung out. And um, so, yeah, hanging out with him. Mm-hmm. And then. Go on. I was at work. Go on. I there. And then we went to Waffle House after that. And she was there working. And, you know, I was like, I was kind of thinking, like, why are we at Waffle House? But, you know, it's kind of, I kind of put two and two together when I seen him, like, googly eyeing at the waitress over here. And I was like, oh, it's it's Kayla. And then I kind of just, you know, talked to her there a little bit. And then that's how I started, you know, talking to her. I got her like on Messenger, texted her on Messenger. You said you would pick me up from work because my ex may not show up to pick me up. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then nobody showed up to pick me up. <laughs> all right. So the next night after we're all done partying and everything. I believe you told me this part. I I woke him up mm-hmm. before I left. It was about like six o'clock because she needed a ride. She said she like told everybody like. Like make sure that he wakes up so he can come get me. I woke him up after like wiping the tears away from that sad movie I watched, mm-hmm. and um, he just was like, "Oh, well, okay, all right, yeah." And I was like, "Okay, man." <laughs> I was ready to go home, and I went on the way home. I kind of had the strangest feeling, like to just go pick up Kayla, but you didn't. I didn't because I didn't want to. Because I thought maybe he would get up and go. You know, he got up and went, but not to pick up Kayla. Where'd you go? Down the road. Where'd you go, dude? To Nicole's. Oh. <laughs> he didn't even go. He went to another girl's house. He said he would drove around looking for me, but Nicole's neighbor is where I live. And he didn't know this. He didn't know where I was living after I moved out. But I live right across the street from the girl he's been sleeping with. How'd you get home? My bosses. Yeah. My carpool. I mean, I can always get rides home or take a taxi, but... Yeah. I tell you what, man, like it's tough. Most, I think every time I, every time my license has been suspended, which is a lot, I was always in a big city where I could mm-hmm. like fucking ride my bike if I had to or hop a taxi. This is all before Uber and shit, but it was, I, I could get around. It wasn't mm-hmm. that difficult. Fucking living here. This is the only place. Yeah. Yeah. That shit's tough, man. It's I tough, didn't man. lose you my gotta, license, so I've just yeah, never yeah, had one. Yeah. Gotta yeah. hop on a goat and just ride somewhere, man, <laughs> if you want to get anywhere around here. That's a pretty common thing for young people, though, these days. Mm-hmm. Well, they right? have that, those green bikes where you can just pay with your credit card yeah. or pay with your phone or the scooters or Uber or taxis or pretty much walking anywhere, the trolleys. 
But I mean, just like choosing not to drive or choosing not to do it. I mean, I'm saving the environment. I'm not. <laughs> Did that? Oh, uh, what's people? the intention? Yeah, is that what's the intention behind it? I'm not driving. Yeah. Um, I got hit on hit head on by a semi. Yeah. And I just decided I hated people yeah. <laughs> and I didn't trust their driving no more. And so I just don't do it. Yeah. Unless I absolutely have to. How fast was you going and how fast was the semi going? It was an ice storm in Washington State. I was going like 15 and the semi was going like 30. Man. Yeah. My hood of my, or like the steering wheel was in my lap and the engine got shoved right in and it was pretty scary. Yeah, and everything was like... slow motion. I had time to pick up my phone, call Max's husband. It was like, I'm crashing. And he's like, what? I'm like, come get me. <laughs> I'm crashing. Yeah. Slow motion. Man, yeah. that's that's not. That's that's some deep stuff. And then nothing since then. That's it. Party's mm-hmm. over. I don't. I don't blame you. I've never been in a wreck. Never been in a car accident. <sighs> I well, when I was younger, I've been in some pretty pretty bad ones. I mean, my dad almost died and stuff. So never really driven. Right. Never, unless it was like down the road and back. But yeah. my town's so small, it takes ten minutes walk from one end to the other. Yeah, can't really do that around here though. Heck no, but I still do it. <laughs> you still walk it, don't you? <laughs> I do. You are a, a walker. I like it where I need to go. She walks with boots on, too. Around here, you have to. Some Carolinas. <laughs> yeah. I got to work in those, she's, everything. She's going to walk the Carolinas in with some Carolinas on. Yeah, mm-hmm. around here, you, you have to. You do. Um. So back to uh, the situation I had. Uh, so I decided to keep things going. Like When I got up with her, I was, I was like, all right, well, what's your, in, your take on you know, relationships and relationship advice and everything. So she's pretty much said the same thing as everybody else did, you know, prior to that and, you know, hang out and everything. How confident are you? Are you in yourself to be able to execute this? Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty confident. And him? I don't know. Or yourself? Of of executing. Like this new. Executing me having control over like the new brand yeah not talk like getting in attached to girls and well you can't really do that if you're working all the time and staying out of the bars and doing podcasts and all right yeah stuff like that so. I can, i'm gonna take the steps to keep me from falling for, for relapsing being basically. a good role model for raven oh i'm not a role model i suck at relationships i'm just telling them not oh. to do it and showing them how not to should we go there <laughs> i think that we all do it's like like well learning you know learning through learning through those experiences man like i was a piece of shit for 15 20 years Mm -hmm. cheated on every single girlfriend i've ever had treated them like shit disappear for days all those things you know the one thing that it was not never an issue was like any type of like domestic shit like i would i was a runner i would i would fucking just leave and go get high you know Me like too. i would not conf- there was no confrontation there was no fighting there was none of that none of that kind of stuff but i was a terrible partner <laughs> yeah horrible partner when i first moved up here i realized like it became very clear after like spending some time in jail after spending some time in rehab deciding that I was going to try my hardest to stay clean or change my life, it became very clear the damage that I had done to all of these people. And so I focused on doing all those things that 
we've talked about tonight with this young man over here, as far as, you know, getting to know yourself and learning how to love yourself and be content with who you are and the way things are. I spent like, all, that's, I was just fo- like, I was not going to be distracted by females, period. Mm-hmm. I was not going to be distracted by females. I've struggled with that forever, man. Like I when know. I started college, remember what I would do? We've been having this fucking conversation as long as I've known you. For like <laughs> yeah. two over two years. Yeah, when I started college, I met him in college and then I was like He was chasing girls around campus every day. <laughs> Why? Are you lonely? I was I am lonely. Why? I don't know. I'm working on finding that out, I guess. Yeah, my focus was like making loneliness my friend. Mm-hmm. Like being comfortable being lonely, right? But I took that shit to the extreme. I felt, I got to the point where I felt like I didn't deserve to get involved with somebody because of the wreckage of the past, because how fucked up I treated these people. Because like we're in recovery, you know, you have to like write about, you have to like, keep your log. You really have to investigate the things that you mm-hmm. did. Like they, they really ask you to look at the shit that you did. I so, kind of felt like when I started college, I started looking for girls and stuff. I felt like I deserved a good woman. Yeah. Know, like, like I went through this horrible relationship and I went to Meridian and I figured out the things that were, you know, was wrong with that relationship and stuff. And then like I got off drugs and stuff. And then I was like, well, I'm, I'm in college. I'm ready for the good one. You know, I don't know. Maybe I still have that mindset too. You know, like I'm still looking I know that shit won't make me happy, bro. I got to do the shit on my own yeah. to make me happy. And then that's just like, you know, supplemental. That's just like some of the things that come from doing the work. But I came up with this whole like, I'm going to talk about for like three years. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even talk to females because I was just like, I don't want them to get the wrong idea. And there's so many fuck boys on the internet trying to hit these girls up, mm-hmm. sliding into DMs, and sending, them chat, sending Snapchats and all shit. So I'm just like, Whatever. I'm not even going to like try to even like become friends because like <laughs> these, yeah. these motherfuckers give me a bad name now, mm-hmm. right? People like, people like who I was are giving me a bad name. So I'm just like, I'm not doing that shit. I'm not doing that shit. It was all about, taking care of myself all about focusing on myself and in that time i'm talking you know i'm not talking about 30 days or two months i'm talking about like two or three years right i just it's all about taking care of myself my sister told me when i walked into rehab she was like be selfish with your recovery mm-hmm. right you were selfish before in your behavior because it was all about like making yourself happy but now you got to be selfish with your recovery right it ain't it ain't about anybody else but yourself when it comes to this shit. And if you do that, the rest of the stuff will fall into place. Guess what I'm saying is I had a lot of time on my hands to like really like think about what it would take to enter into a healthy relationship. I've never been in a healthy relationship in my life, mm-hmm. including Maybe. like friends. And then you also probably had some PTSD about it, getting back into relationships and triggers and all that. There's always conditions, you know? It's always like, I'll do this for you, you do this mm-hmm. for me. No, no matter what, take romantic shit out of it. It's always like this like fucking like bargaining thing. Like, yeah. 
I'll give you this, you give me that. There was always conditions surrounding every relationship. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of I know what you mean because like when a girl told you know Pat in the past when a girl told me like oh like you want to start going out now like you want to be my boyfriend I'm like yeah well, you you can be my girlfriend. It's kind of like you sign a contract almost you know <laughs> like you're gonna give me this and I'll give you this that and we're not gonna talk to you but anybody else and if you break the contract you know like the part like the rules of the contract and the contract's over with and it's not like that these are the expectations and if you deviate from them fuck you how could you who are you to do something like that to me how dare you do something (laughs) like that to me that's right man how dare them (laughs) that's how i am i'm very not i don't know the word for it but if i feel like you disrespect me Mm -hmm. or you embarrass me yeah it's done yeah it's off it's over so you don't do that shit to me you know so i um i just like focused on it and like a lot of time went by and like i started getting pressure from my social network of friends to like start dating people right like why like you have all this stuff all these good things going on in your life you know you got a good job you got this podcast you're in school been sober for this long like you have all these great things going on like why you know like i was getting all this pressure from all these people and at the same time continuing to to work on like what it would what would a what would a healthy relationship look like in my life so i kind of came up with like a recipe right mm-hmm. like uh, what are the ingredients to this recipe to make this thing work so i'm gonna run this shit by you and i'm gonna ask you what you think about it right so I'm going to tell you that I came up with this recipe and Sleepy Raven. you could lay down on that no, couch, there's, Raven. There's a couch. There's a bed back there. Yeah. I uh, you, you was asleep. I was waiting for you to fall down. We heard, we heard you snoring. <laughs> Me too. I watched a few times. <laughs> she was going down. But you can lay on that couch if you want to. It's up to you. You sleep in the chair, whichever. Just watch the cords. And the studio equipment. I don't know how this podcast became into a, turned into a relationship podcast. But it did because of me. Because <laughs> every time we sit, down, uh, it, it's been a big problem for me. Every time we sit down and talk, your phone's buzzing, and you're you're doing this. I get distracted on it while I'm talking to you on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, and also though, I really needed to talk about it more than alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Because my alcoholism stems from my loneliness and wanting to find this these chicks at the bar you know and i'm drinking there too just to get my courage up and everything to talk to them and then it's like i don't know it just becomes a habit for me and like something i like to do and so why the bar why do you pick them up it's a social meeting ground so is the park so is the gym the gym so is naa meeting hold on on. we got breaking news i thought you said you weren't for staying away from bars. I'm supposed to, yeah. I don't go there as much as I used to, Raven. I've done really good. Don't start hacking on me now. Okay. Well, you've been you also lied also because no one else has been in the house drinking whatever it's called, but it is I know it I know it is yeah, I know. I'm not. I'm not supposed to have any alcohol or any substances up at the house, and I I had one up there and forgot to hide it. Yeah, I know. Can we just say she's nine? <laughs> yeah, she's very <laughs> she's smart. Nine years old. Very intelligent. She can. She notices things that 
you know, the elderly does it. And that, and I got to say too, like, um, she's very social. She was yeah. making friends all over that beach. Yeah. Area. I've kind of taught her to do that though. Cause we'd go to the parks and what would happen? Like we'd go to the park and stuff. And what would happen is like, I'd get tired of playing and I'd think I'd read my book and stuff. And I'd be like, go, go meet those kids over there and ask them to play with you. You know, I'd like, you know, push her to go talk to other people and find friends. Maybe you should just keep your little sister with you all the time and she'll hold you yes. accountable because she's very good at it. She calls you out. On <laughs> well, so I do. Shit. I do a lot. A lot of the time. And then if I'm not with her, I'm with Stu. And then when I'm not with Stu. You're at O'Malley. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm not with them two, I'm not doing good. <laughs> but that's the thing is that we're adults and we can't have a permanent babysitter with us 24-7. No, but you can set a support group. That's the idea. Yeah, after you get tired of playing. Mm-hmm. You don't play with me at all. Well, I do try. I try to. You push me on the swing once, and then you say, I'm tired. I'm going to go sit over there. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a lot of energy nowadays. should have just pushed me like three times at least. <laughs> She's, okay, man, I'll try to do better. I'm sorry. How dare you, buddy? <laughs> I go love to- swinging, so if you ever want to swing, we'll go to the park and swing. <laughs> she loves swimming. She's been wanting to go to the lake all like since summer started and stuff. So. And you did that today. It was a great day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if you, even though you were tired as hell, it was fun. Dying, I was. I, I woke Raven up when I came in real late. Oh God. She come. Yeah, and then she went back to bed. She went to her bedroom, and then I texted Kayla, and Kayla said that she wanted to hang out. So yeah, I was getting dressed and stuff, and woke her up. I guess. I don't know. She just, I, I don't know if I kept her up or what was going on, but she stayed up all night. She was probably worried about you, man, running off in the middle of the night. <laughs> she thought I was going to the bar or something, I guess. No, I was having these dreams. There's one thing I wish you would have done if you would, since you was leaving. I wish you would have turned the TV down and turned it off either one. Dang, man. <laughs> Can't even take care of it. <laughs> what's wrong what's wrong cartoons? raven please stop <laughs> please stop i get bashed on this show enough without you being here this is like cruelty <laughs> this is human cruelty hey raven raven when you leave tonight here's what i want you to do i want you to go home i want you to write down all these stories that you want to tell me and I'm, next time you come, I'm going to put a microphone right here in front of you and we're just going to tell all the stories <laughs> this is not the episode to do it though is that cool can you do that Write everything down. All the stories. Everything you can think of. I'll give you one before you leave. Okay. Up there. <laughs> you can title it as Stories About Brandon. <laughs> Wait, can she tell the Trump joke on here? Yeah. All right, Raven, let's hear the Trump you a, joke. You have a joke about Trump? <laughs> Get close to it. Talk into it. Okay, so you've heard of Taco Tuesdays, right? Yeah. Yep. Trump yeah. has firing Fridays. <laughs> That's good. We I just love put it. that in the world. Yeah. You're welcome. The entire world got your, got your job. Dude, you're going to become famous, so you better keep making the material so you can keep coming up with stuff. Okay. Make you another, another notebook. It's titled, you know, Jokes for the World or something. This is not school. <laughs> We're putting you to work this summer. This is a lot of work. If you're going to be on the show, you got to have material. That's why I do my journal in the morning. I never, I never do my journal, but <laughs> that's why I try to do my journal. And when you're in there like, let's go play, let's go play, let's go play, let's go play. He did it like once. <laughs> yeah, he did it once. He's going to do it today. 
<laughs> What's your okay? Oh, okay. Um, okay. Um, hey, Raven. Yeah. Call again and tell her what what's going on so she don't freak out. All right, back to the podcast. <laughs> well, I pulled up and like I was trying to figure out what was going on. My buddy was in danger, and <laughs> I seen this chick out here. He was not in danger. What led you to believe he was in danger? Because I have a feeling this man, I do not believe that this man called you and said, I am in danger. Come here. You don't know this man. Okay. <laughs> he said, please come get me. He's, he doesn't like confrontation. He doesn't like to be in these, you know, whack or like, you know, reckless environments. And, you know, I don't know if you know this chick over here, but <laughs> I've heard some stories and she's pretty aggressive and intense Who, Raven? i'm not no. aggressive or intense i have boundaries and when people push my boundaries i give them a couple warnings and then i got slappy hands you know it's fun mm-hmm. as we get behind these microphones we start talking and next thing i know i'm starting hearing this michigan accent coming through my ears <laughs> oh, yeah. you heard that yeah. Did you hear it? yeah i heard it and so he called you he's 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 in danger he's in danger <laughs> and i'm i'm pull up there and i see her kicking stuff and i'm like okay rocks just you know he said he told me the, the first time the first time he told me this story when he was telling me about you he said rocks yeah just to i was clarify. definitely kicking rocks with my turkey sitting next to me in its cage <laughs> <laughs> so i roll up here and i see this this chick you know kicking rocks and i'm like okay she's probably got something to do with this <laughs> i walk up to her and i'm like hey what's going on and she's like Oh, nothing. I'm like, did uh, Jake come pick you up? And she's like, no. You know, she's like, t- she, I can tell she's ag- aggravated about the whole thing. I wasn't aggravated about that. Yeah. About not else. picking me up. But Jake had done something else, too, besides going and picking her up and going to some other chick's house. He had done something really bad, too. Uh, like texted somebody that, you know, My one of father. her. My father. Yeah. And so the story that I think I know <laughs> is that she went in there and slapped the shit out of Jake. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's pause for just a moment real quick because um, a couple things, right? I think that, I think that if we're going to like venture down this road, like we need to just make sure that everyone's on the same page. Um, the f- Number one, if we're going to talk about this, I would prefer that, no names? Somebody, the person whose story it is can tell the story. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? All right. Yeah, I was going to let it off there. Okay. And then, like, number two, I definitely, I don't want to be bashing this man. All right. right? Like, that's right. he's got his own deal. So, like, sharing things from your own perspective is totally cool. Right? Yeah. But I don't want to be, like, you know, I don't want to be telling some other man's story either. That's his story okay. to tell as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, right. as long as we're cool with that, then we can just carry on all right onward okay um so i got my buddy out of that situation yeah he, he, was, <laughs> he, he was no longer in danger he was <laughs> never in danger <laughs> i don't know what happened like the complete story i'll have to let her tell like the details of that but have you ever harmed a man yep. <laughs> i'm sure you deserved it multiple <laughs> not multiple but I got into trouble when I was younger for fighting mm-hmm. and did some time. And it's been a very long time since I've been that angry. This mm-hmm. man just pushes my buttons and we fight. And I try to walk away and he doesn't like people leaving. 
like some kind of attachment thing, so he follows. And I get angrier. Yeah, he won't let you go away to cool off. I He'll guess. let you go away, but he's coming with you. <laughs> like a backpack. Which is doesn't really make a lot of sense because um when I said it, when I said I'm a runner and I run away or whatever, I do it so I don't fight. Yeah. Um I know I saw you kind of like perk up perk up a little bit when I said that. But then you also said he he doesn't want to talk about things or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Like he kind of he's kind of led me to believe that he's like that too. He's not a runner. He has attachment disorder, I believe, and definitely I think he has hyperactive depression and a lot of like other things like that. So he wants to know where you are all the time, what you're doing, stuff like that. And then when I leave, he kind of panics and gets... He's obsessed with you, sounds like, in a way. It's not just with me. It's like with his friends, too. If he thinks that they're going to leave, then he gets upset and he says things that he doesn't mean or he starts mm-hmm. crying. And when people cry, I panic and automatically have to leave. Like I might have a little bit of attachment disorder that. as well. <laughs> Atta- yeah. Do you? I might have it. Now, I've heard the symptoms from somebody else, so now I'm, I think I have some of those symptoms as well. And that could be a why you feel like you need a woman. All the time. Maybe. Attachment disorder is a broad term intended to describe disorders of mood, behavior, and social relationships arising from unavailability of normal socializing care and attention from primary caregiving figures in early childhood. It's like, I think... We're also describing codependency as well, wouldn't it be? Wouldn't you think? I would say it's Because it's, it's also friends as well. Probably a form of that, yeah. But he also has no actual family over here either. He's yeah. moved over here and met people and created his own little family and yeah. stuff like that. He is my friend, kind of. and He's a good guy, but... He's a good guy, but I've, I've heard a little bit about him now, and I don't know. He's pretty cool. I think he has issues like we all do. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, like everybody has some good in them. You know what I'm saying? Like I guarantee there's probably, I don't even know how many phone numbers are in that phone. Quite a few hundred, right? Mm-hmm. And you could just scroll through that phone and press in and call somebody. And there's a 50, 50 shot that they're going to tell you I'm an asshole <laughs> or I'm a good dude. Right. Yeah, it's same 50, to me. It's too. 50, 50. I have that same problem, man. Yeah, or like I have that same thing going on. It's 50, 50. So the recipe for relationships, right? I became, I did, I, I executed it twice and I was successful once. Mm. Okay. So let's start off with this. I asked a lot of people this yesterday. Do you, cause it's a question that I think about a lot and you're a perfect candidate for it because you don't have necessarily have the influence that um, so many people do in this day and age where people like use social media as a tool to like communicate with people. And we have this instant access to each other, this form of communication. Do you think it's possible to have a lasting relationship on like lasting relationship? Like is happily does happily ever after exist in the world that we live in today? Absolutely. Yeah. But you guys have to build it together. Boom. And you have to trust each other and <clears throat> compromise. And there is boundaries and rules that you set. And uh, the, I think the only really issue between relationships is once you guys are hurt, you guys start arguing and then you start not trusting and then you get jealous and you get paranoid and then you detach from each other and you give up. Boom. 
She nailed it, dude. I like I've that. been married twice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. She yeah, has experience. She nailed it. Yeah. Uh, luckily, I was never married. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. No children, never married. But so this is kind of what my, this is kind of like the, a rough draft, rough ideas that kind of come to mind. So fr- become friends with some females, right? With the female, mm-hmm. get to know them, realize after that, like going into this friendship with, completely pure intentions right there's no romantic intentions whatsoever there's i'm not giving off no vibe they're not picking up a vibe that i'm not giving up this is strictly like i'm getting to know you right Mm -hmm. yeah some time passes we get to know each other significant amount of time passes 60 90 days however long realize that hey this is somebody that i could potentially enter into a relationship with well what would that look like it would look like so we Ask her out on a date. We'll go on a date, right? So when you say, would you like to go on a date with me? That makes it very clear that, okay, we're going to, if you say yes, then we will be entering into the next phase of this relationship. And the things go well, right? Sitting there, hanging out, getting continuing to get to know each other, talking more. That is my stomach rumbling, not yours. Nope, that's definitely mine. That? I, I, swear, I felt it. Hands. I swear to God, I felt it. <laughs> um, yeah. Things are going good. We're talking and stuff. And the first thing that I say that I make very clear, that's me. That one was you. Okay. (laughs) I should have ate that salad. (laughs) I make it very clear, right? From the very beginning, the first date, I make it very clear that I'm okay with this relationship ending. Just like that uh, coffee mug thing I was talking about in the car. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with this relationship ending. At some point, this relationship will end. Mm -hmm. Right? Happily ever after ends on a deathbed, right? Yep. I will say goodbye to you at some point in my life. That doesn't mean I'm like playing you and I'm not interested in getting into a relationship. What it's saying is that if it doesn't work out, I'm okay with it and it's not going to hinder our friendship. It's not going to hinder what we've already built in the past. It's just like right? I've already come to terms with. I've come to terms with it. Losing you. It is okay. I am okay. There's nothing to fear. If you approach me and say, Hey, listen, I don't think this is working out. This Mm -hmm. is the conversation. I mean, this is the conversation that we have. I'm okay with me coming to you and telling you this isn't working out. Like that's totally okay. Like I were, if we, if we ever get to a point where you're starting to feel some kind of way, it's okay to do that. It's okay to approach me and express your concerns and express the way that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that, that usually gets a very welcoming response. When I say that I could like, you could feel the body language. You can tell that they're comfortable and that moves on to like, well, what does the relationship look like? Right. What are you going to get from me? What am I going to give you? What do I have to offer you? I have to offer you honesty, right? The core, what are the core values of a relationship? Honesty. Honestly, I'm going to trust, loyalty, trust, loyalty, um, respect, respect, communication. Yeah. Communication. And you told me one the other day that I wasn't even thinking about was compromise, compromise. Right. And I have this conversation with this girl on the first date. I tell her, I lay this stuff out. I, we're going to come. I am going to communicate. Well, <laughs> I'm, I ran in the past. I'm not going to do that shit no more. Right. I'm a hash it out kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Whether we, I, but, uh, but compromise is important in that. In a sense that, like, I'm not just going to 
pound my perspective on you. Mm-hmm. I, I will surrender. I will take a step back. I will allow you to whatever, whatever the circumstances are. Like I, I just had this conversation about all what the core values are. What does the relationship look like? How, how does it, um, how do you like grow? Like you said, grow together. How do you grow as a couple? How do you grow individually and as a couple together? Right. Mm-hmm. What, what does that look like? And it's all those things that we just listed, all those things. <laughs> so the first time I did that, it worked out perfectly mm-hmm. in a sense that like we dated for six or seven months. I wasn't as available as I should, meaning that I just had like, I kept myself extremely busy. Like mm-hmm. it sounds like you try to do to yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. I kept myself super busy with job and podcast and going to school. There was no free time. There was, so there, uh, I wasn't available. Uh, I wasn't available to give her the attention that she needed. Mm-hmm. And so she approached me and said, Hey, I think that we should be friends after like seven months. Everything was good. I, I was blindsided. I didn't see it coming because things were going well. And I said, okay, that's cool. And we're still friends today. Like real good friends. I talked to her all the time did not affect our relationship at all. So I'm like, because you laid all that stuff out and you already had it planned that you will lose her and everything. And then like you, she, that day she, come. she was okay to come and pr- approach you because you had already laid down the groundwork. Like to say, like, she's not afraid to come to you because she's not, she's not going to be afraid that you're going to blow up on her. Yeah. So like you, you're still friends that way. And that day came and it, it's cool. Like everything's cool. I lived up to my, to what I said that I would do. Right, I yeah. lived up to what I, I lived up to what I laid on the table. Right. All yeah. right. So then the next, so I get out of that, I get out of it and I'm all, I'm all confident. I'm like, yeah, it fucking worked. I did it. I'm not hurt. I'm not heartbroken. She's cool. We're still friends. Like what, you know, yeah, I'm I, so, I still play with her son and take him places and spend time with her kid. Cause her kid grew pretty close to me and stuff. Like yeah. I got it figured out. And I'm so glad you told me that stuff. It was like what, a day or a day, two days before Hannah broke up with me. Yeah. And I was thinking about the same thing you had done in that relationship. So I done the same thing, you know, I kind of done the same thing and stuff, but we're friends now and everything. You got to believe it too, though. You can't just, Mm -hmm. oh no, 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 I know. I'm just talking about myself. You got to believe that shit. You can't just, it's not just fucking words. Like it takes action. There's action behind it. It's not just words. And so I'm like, fucking yeah, I got this shit. I got, I know how to do it. Like I, I will be okay no matter what life throws at me. I'll be fine. I'll be cool with it. So then I go into the next one. <laughs> it was about a month later. <laughs> all right, I, was so, sing- I was single for like a month after that. So did you, all right. So since what, what we talked about last night for me, mm-hmm. did you give yourself time to heal before you jumped into another one? Yeah. Yeah. Cause, right. the, cause I was prepared for it. There wasn't a lot of healing. It wasn't, cause there wasn't a I lot wasn't, to heal. My heart wasn't broken. I wasn't, yeah, there wasn't a lot of wounds. Yeah. There wasn't a lot because it sh- things were cool. Things were cool. But were you looking for it though? for the next one? Yeah. No, it kind of like fell in my lap. No, yeah, I'd say so. I was trying to get with the same girl. I know you were. <laughs> no, no, oh she, she just like started hitting me, hitting me up on Instagram, and it just it wasn't expected. It wasn't. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't like. No, it yeah. wasn't. She was in my class a few <clears> times, <throat> and so. No you have enough girls, so you can't yeah, be yeah. upset about you that can one. Share one. <laughs> That's the one I wanted, though. I, like, I didn't wanted get them all. <laughs> I want them all. No names. So That's right. That's right. I go into this. I enter into this next one. We went on like a date. We went down. We actually went down to Atlanta on a date, and uh, for our first date. And 
we talked all these things through, right? Mm-hmm. All the same shit. Like this one ate it up. She never heard any of this kind of stuff before. She was probably like your age, in her mid twenties. Hadn't heard a lot of this. A lot of the conversation it was like a new perspective. She was also in a, an addict as well, wasn't she? We'll get there. Oh, okay. And so, um, everything was cool. So we kind of entered into this thing. We're seeing each other for like a month. And then I go and leave on that trip that I had planned for last summer. I took a trip to the West Coast for 40 days. I was gone. Traveled. I told you all the places I went earlier. It was an obligation, like trying not to rush into things with this new girl, Mm -hmm. trying to take it slow and be comfortable. There was no backing out of the trip to be with this girl. Like that that wasn't an option on the table. Yeah. Right. But it was one of those things was like when I left, we kind of like rushed into things because I was gone. Yeah. We like wanted each other more because we couldn't see each other for so long. And there was like that attachment thing. And there was no boundaries. And there was no boundaries at all. Right. So like my whole entire trip, I'm constantly just like fucking doing this shit and just yep. constantly on my phone. Con- I was so distracted from my trip. Like I don't even hardly remember any of it. Mm. Right. Like it was just, I can barely remember any of it. That sucks. And I get back from the trip. She picks me up in Cherokee. She's high as a kite on on heroin. Oh man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we come back here and she's like, I relapsed. And I've been getting high the whole entire time we were gone. And I'm not going to stop. I can't stop. <laughs> so so why basi- did she pick you up? So basically, she- yeah, why didn't she just tell me before while I was gone? So I felt like really, I was really hurt, yeah. you know, because like she, we were talking all the time every day and this and that. It was like this back and forth thing. And in a sense, like she picked me up. She told me face to face. She wasn't trying to hide that she was using. Like I didn't know she was high when she picked me up. She mm-hmm. told me, right? So even though she didn't meet my expectations, she still felt comfortable to approach me and say, this is what I've been doing while you're gone. I'm not, I I can't go back into recovery. So we need to part ways. Right. Mm -hmm. And I didn't hold up to my end of the bargain that but day. you did the same thing the with the first relationship that you was explaining to us but you you laid the groundwork out uh-huh. you said like this is how you know i want this to be healthy and everything and then you you, you said all that stuff the same way mm-hmm. that you did the first one all yeah. right so same way so this was like a like the bargain like you, you call it the bargain so like you didn't hold up to your your end of the, the what you guys discussed at the beginning of the relationship i didn't this time right but the first time you did yeah but the second time, the second girl, even though she didn't do what I wanted her to do, she still had the um the trust in me to come to you. to come to me and say like this. It's just we got to split up. I'm using, and we got to go our own ways. Mm-hmm. And then I wake up the next morning and go get high, oh man, <laughs> and relapse because yeah. it myself. Yeah, and I was she was texting me, and I was texting her, and I was talking shit. It was just like old Steve from. 10 years ago before recovery i was motherfucking her and fucking i was a complete asshole to her and 
she was worried about me and all this shit. And I was motherfucker. So, I was not, I did not live up to the things that I said about why, it. Why do you think that that is though? Like, why did you hold up on your side of the bargain, the first relationship and not the second time, the second one? I think cause I was hurt. Cause there was some dishonesty on her side, you know, from mm-hmm. hiding from using the whole time I was gone and like leading me to, if she had told me while I was on that trip and said, this is like, this isn't going to work. I split up. I would have been okay. I, in my eyes, I would have been okay. I can't tell you what I what actually would have happened, but in my eyes, I would have been okay. It was the whole dishonesty. And then you start getting your head. Well, then what was she doing while I was gone? You know, what, yeah, like what, el- what else is, yeah. what, 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 what aren't you telling me? That's what a, that's what else how, was going on? That's how I got to it. snowball so fast, you know, but in hindsight, like I should have just been like, my intentions, the person that I strive to be should have just been like, okay, I get it. And I did that while she was here. It was only after she left mm-hmm. that I motherfucked her and I got drunk and I got high and I did those things. So you feel like you got drunk and high because she hurt you? I mean, there's a, so much more to why yeah. I got high. Like I wasn't taking care of myself for months and months prior to that. I was draining myself thin doing that podcast. I was schoolwork. There were so many other things that so it's definitely not that relationship's fault why I did that. That might have been like the icing on the cake. That might have been the final straw. Or your excuse. You push out the door. Yeah. Could have been an excuse. Huh? Yeah. yeah. You jump you want to skydive, jump out the plane, then have to yeah. give you the extra shove. Something like that. You know, Maybe. something like that for sure. It's definitely over- not. I have never once in the last 11 months that I've been sober again, have I pointed any type of blame at her? Mm-hmm. Not a single time. So that's not what it is. But my point is Fuck relationships that are ending can make us relapse. Yeah. And you're going to the bars <laughs> to meet girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And create a relationship with them. So you start in that environment where you can't go anywhere else. Where do you think yeah. it's going to end? See, I also <laughs> sacrifice my sobriety so I can be with a girl. Yep, so I'm already, I'm already sacrificing myself. You know what I mean? And that's not that's not what I want to do anymore. I want to put myself up there. I want to focus on myself and think about myself first instead of just, you know, cutting me off first mm-hmm. and then like going to find this girl, you know. And then when I do say I do find this girl... And I'm hanging out with her and stuff, and I give her the world, and she becomes my world. And then, you know, um, she breaks up with me, or she cheats on me, or, you know, doesn't hold up. You know, like, she lies to me, or whatever, and then it's like, my whole world has come to an end. You know, it's a a crash. So, that's how I feel. That's kind of, that would be like me going to a trap house and picking up a dude. Yeah. Except it's a bar. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you don't. There ain't no difference between a trap house and a bar. Oh um, man, especially that bar. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> Fortunately, I have never gotten drunk in this town besides that one day because I snapped out of it really quick. Yeah. Oddly enough, when I got drunk and got high, guess who I called that night? The first girl. The first girl. Guess yeah. who? Guess who came over here, dumped all the booze out, and got rid of all the, the shit. First girl. The first girl. Yeah, and she the is a like aggressive. Friend. She's she's a uh, little bit of a. I've talked to her like a few times. She's got a little bit more of an aggressive way of approaching recovery. You know, she doesn't like kind of like what you alluded to earlier. She just doesn't put up with bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So he, she didn't like she. He said that she did, she came in here and didn't even say a word to him while he's sitting in the chair. <laughs> with a drink beer. in hand, smoking a cigarette. She just walks in the door, doesn't say a word, goes straight into the kitchen, takes all the alcohol, dumps it out, cleans every cleans all the shit up, cleans everything up, gets rid of everything, cleans everything up, comes and sits down. What do you want to do? It's perfect. <laughs> So what do you think about all that? Does she sponsor anyone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> she does. She is a sponsor, right? Yeah. And That's then good. She's out, she also she, works works in therapy, right? She, she works for the res, yeah. She, she does huh. stuff for the res. That's good. That's kind of like earlier when I asked you if you were serious about your recovery or not. I don't know. Because sometimes there. when you tell an addict no, they get mad. Mm-hmm. And I am, my reaction would be to get madder. <laughs> mm-hmm. so i'm definitely not a sponsor <laughs> but i'll definitely call you on your shit yeah, yeah. but That's, i don't okay. know how to without you being mad i won't be that mad at you she but she said, that she, mad she, she has, <laughs> yeah i got yeah that mad so um, what do you think about all that but she, the whole thing the, the whole re- thing the whole how the the re- what could you do better what could i do better the recipe the maybe have some kind of what would it be a contingency plan <laughs> for myself? Yes, that yeah. if you are feeling a certain way, you could call that first girl and be like, "Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucked up." Not even no, like before you get fucked up, like yeah. know that when well, something I mean, bad happens, to call these yeah. people. I mean, have like maybe a yeah, list yeah, yeah, yeah. of emergency people you can call and be like, "Hey, yeah. having a bad time." Yeah. See what happens to me though, as I get in the dumps, you know, the slumps or whatever, and then. I don't want to call nobody. You feel like they wouldn't care. Are you I don't want to bothering them. No, I don't want to call anybody because I don't want to hear what they have to say. Why? And usually, I always because usually, like, I only can speak on that night. And I told him I, before I went to bed that night after she left. Before I went to bed that night, I had already made up my mind mm-hmm. that I was going to do it in the morning. I was at Ingles that we went to today at seven o'clock in the morning, the moment that they opened to buy alcohol. Would the old you have waited till morning? Fuck no! Damn so right! I never thought closer. about that. I never thought about that. But a lot of my friends and people like in my network of recovery were like, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you call me? Why didn't you call me? It was, motherfucker, I didn't want to hear what you had to say. Mm-hmm. There was no change in my mind. Yeah. So you, like, you couldn't have changed my mind. And they tell us that in like these programs and stuff, like the hardest, the, the, the phone's like lead, picking up the phone's like lead. It is. And, like yeah. the hardest thing is dialing the number. I'm working on that right now. Yeah. Cause you didn't call Chad. I haven't called nobody in my network. Yeah. When I will go to, when I get, when I get to where I want to go to the bar, or go talk to a chick or something like I've already got it set in my mind I'm gonna go you know I don't call anybody I wanna tell myself like hey man I'm thinking about going to the bar that's what they teach us in there is to tell on yourself how to tell on yourself mm-hmm. you know I, I don't know I need some I need to work on it you know you can also go into the bar and tell them not to serve you because you're in recovery I'm and they will not serve that. you I thought about calling them I'm like I'll do it <laughs> <laughs> I need some people to do that for me. I'm not going to do that. I want to drink. Yeah, but I mean, there's. You go to Franklin. You go to Wayne. And the fact that you like go. you leave the bar and give people rides home, like all it takes is once, and you're in prison for the rest of your life for manslaughter. Yeah. When you could just tell the bartender you're sober, and she could still serve you. She could give you like water or like something that's like liquor. Yeah. If you have to be in that scene, you won't remove yourself. Yeah. I guess that's the question. It's like. Why do you have to be in that scene? Why do I even have to be? Why well, I don't want to go to the bar. I do want to go to the <laughs> bar, but why do I need to go to the bar? You know, it's because I want to talk to females. Mm-hmm. Why Those do I want type though? Like I know I go to the bar, but I don't go to the bar every night. 
I see who's there, who's there, and I see the type of relationships, and I <coughs> see that bar and the type of it is like. Do you ever really find a woman at that bar <laughs> <laughs> that you think you could bring home to your grandmother or your little sister? I don't know. Let's <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let this go. The audience wants to speak and is. Um. Who was that girl I brought from the bar? I don't remember who it was. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where you brought her from, home. What was her name? I I I need you to like. Just tell the story. Don't let them stop you yet. Okay. Well, so next morning I wake up. I say, "Is someone here?" Because I can. I don't know. I don't know why, but like I just say, "Is someone here?" Because like, yeah. And then, um, Brandon wakes up like I don't know what time, and then he says, "Person's name that I forgot," and so then um. She had blue hair. That's all. So I remember? Yeah. She had blue hair. You're bringing randoms home to your grandma's house, dude? I think I knew this chick, though. It don't matter. I just forgot her name. (laughs) I forgot who she was. You brought her home? Brought her to our house twice? What's her name? I told her. I don't remember this chick. But yeah, I've brought a couple. Blueberry. She had blue hair. Anyways, yeah, I've done that, you know. How many chicks have you slept with with blue hair? <laughs> I don't remember sleeping with any chicks with blue I hair. I say zero for me. I don't know. They weren't doing that when I was rolling around town. Yeah, also, yeah. So she was sleeping in your room where you were you sleeping that one time because you weren't in the living room. Dang, son. I don't remember any of this, Raven. I legitly don't remember. I would say if I did, I don't. I'm. <laughs> Are you uncomfortable? No, it's not that. It's just I can't remember who it was. I have an idea. I'm going to go to that bar and tell everybody you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon came out. Yep. Uh, I'm definitely not going to go back there now. You can be my gay best friend. I mean, that's the thing is that we, we can make all the excuses. We and could, I'll be your lesbian best friend. We could do all the oh, things in man. the book, but until he decides that he was done with it, there ain't nothing we can do. My sponsor actually says, and it's like a common thing they say in the rooms, but he says something like, I could stay sober in the trap house or I could get high in the desert. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't matter. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if, if I'm in the desert and I want to <laughs> get high, I will find some shit that will get me high. And if I want to stay sober, it don't matter where the fuck I'm at. Even if I'm in the trap house, I can stay sober. Right. <laughs> it does help when you remove. It definitely, especially in the, and people, especially in the beginning. Yeah. Especially in the beginning, like I was sober for five years. I could totally go. I went. Actually, I did go to. I have been to Amalys to see a band play before, and I didn't just to. See, I want to do that, I drink, but I don't want to drink. I drank a Red Bull and an iced tea, and I fucking left after the band was done. And it, like, I got to a point where I was okay with that. Mm-hmm. I also had friends with me and things like that. Like, you know, the the risk the risk levels were very low. 
let me just tell you, I wasn't distracted by the chicks in there. I'm <laughs> just saying, bro. Especially at that <laughs> just, bar, That's man. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's like they pulled them under, from underneath the trailer. There They're wasn't even a, trailer trash. There, there wasn't a lot of lookers there. in there, bro. No. <laughs> that pulled, was on a Saturday night. It the, was hopping. Those chicks crawled Maybe out the bartenders. <laughs> yeah. About it. Okay, yeah. But anyways, <laughs> I want to be able to get to that point to where I can go into like a bar and not even drink, you know? Yeah, I don't think that... I don't know if that's the best uh, goal to have. Okay. We don't want to get to that point. We just want to be able to not pick up today. They say one day at a time mm-hmm. and all that shit. Like it's, it ain't, we're not trying mm-hmm. to go anywhere. There's no destination. It's just today. Don't drink. There's no destination. And there's also no finish line. Right. You don't, they'll never get to a point where you're like, I'm good. I got this shit figured out. I'm cured. I'm cured. <laughs> no, fuck no. You'll never get there. It doesn't exist. I fucking thought, I thought I was good. I'm talking to people on recovery. I'm doing this podcast every day. I'm doing all this shit. I'm a fucking leader on campus. I'm doing all these things. See, I, I, got, I thought my, I was too. My entire life was about recovery. Mm-hmm. I was invincible. I thought I was too, but I was still looking for girls. But really, <laughs> that was just like the outside of me, the inside of me wasn't taking care of myself, wasn't doing the things that... I wasn't either. That's why I went to drinking. Yeah. So what are we going to do, man? We're going to sit here and talk about it every single night? No, man, we're going to be about it. You know What makes you go to the bar? Like, what's the thought in your head you. that's like, I'm going to go to the bar right now? I'm going to go socialize with some women. Okay, I, I set a goal for you. Yeah. Just goal. Okay, so let's do this. Okay, um, if you can do this, then I'll set you another goal. Only you can not go... To the bar for this for the next whole week, starting on Saturday at twelve o'clock a.m. Okay. So, what else can you do to fix the loneliness besides go to the bar? That's what I'm. That's what we've been. Wor- we was working on like last night. We was talking about like working on myself and stuff. You know, not like not having to go look for that. Not to have that need, you know. Are you bored or are you hurting? I'm bored. I'm not really hurting. I'm just lonely. Lonely, bored. What's something that's open twenty four hours other than a bar? Waffle House. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> um, go go for a drive. The Parkway. Yeah, pick sober friends and go for a drive or go sit in. You gotta be something. You gotta. I get a, I, else. I get on the internet and I just read shit. That's what I do. I don't really, I don't fuck with any type of social media and shit, but I'll just get on the internet and just start reading stuff. See, I've lost my patience to read. Yeah. I don't have any patience anymore. I listen to podcasts all day long. Yeah. When I'm hanging out with you, I can, I have a little bit of patience. But mm-hmm. when I'm not hanging out with you, then I'm like, man, I want to go do something. We listened to some podcasts while we were camping that you thought were hilarious and you loved. Yes, yeah, I took you took me out of my. There's a hundred of those videos on YouTube to watch. See, I love that camping trip because then uh, you took me out of like my setting, and uh, like I could think and do whatever you know. Change. I, I didn't have places. a bar. I didn't have a place. Yeah. That I could go even if I wanted to. Yeah. And I loved it. I want to keep going hiking. I want to keep camping and stuff. Shit like today. Yeah, today was awesome. Today was way better than the bar. Well, that takes me back to like, there's not always going to be somebody to, to mm. there's not going to always be someone to take you hiking. There's not always going to be somebody. I'm not talking about me, just in general. Like, right. So like, I thought about this shit a lot last year after the relapse and coming out of it and like, 
looking, examining where I went wrong and what I did wrong and where I failed and stuff. And one of my new year's resolutions that I made this year was like, I told you this already, I think, but what can I do to learn how to have fun with myself? Mm-hmm. What can I learn how to do? What do I enjoy? And then what can I do on a regular basis to teach myself how to have fun alone? And I'm not talking about isolating, you know, I'm talking about spending time, quality time with myself and having a good time. Yeah. And I, I don't know. If, you I, don't know what? I'm going to struggle to yeah. do that. So my New Year's resolution that I came up with after thinking about this was that I'm going to go once a month. I'm going to go to a stand-up comedy show all by myself, right? I'm talking about like guys that you see on Comedy Central and Netflix and shit. I'm not talking about like some fucking O'Malley's open mic night. I'm talking (laughs) about some fucking real professional top-notch comics. Like that's what I'm going to do. It's not super expensive. Tickets are usually 40 to maybe $50 a pop. It's not super expensive. It's there's not it's not like a super drinking place like a concert kind of deal or anything like that. Like it's a safe place to go, all that. So I I went my first one in January and it was fucking awesome. It was in Atlanta. It was one of my favorite comics. I listened to this dude's podcast all the time. I just fucking crushed it. I went in February and then I went again in early March. And then the Corvid happened and all that shit got shut down. And now I haven't been since. But that, you know, that was just like my way of getting creative with the situation. Yeah. Like, what can I do? And it's, I'm, I'm not saying that what I do is going to work for you. Like, that's what's so unique about this air quotes addiction and the approaches that like yeah. everything's different and for then, each, each, each other. And then what happened was since COVID was going on or something. I don't know. Like, yeah, we call, we call it, it COVID on this show. Yeah, it's because it's COVID. K-O-R-V-I-D. COVID. But he found... <laughs> I was like, I was coming out of my addiction and I was like, oh, dude, you want to hang out? Like, I don't know. We kind of just met up. Like, you sp- you've seen me at Taco Bell. Yeah, I haven't seen him. this motherfucker. He just disappeared from school one day. <laughs> right? After they gave him a breathalyzer in the office, he just never came back. <laughs> I was about done about that shit. Yeah, that was fucking pissing and, uh, me off. And, you know, I was still kind of trying my best. And so I would like hit him up randomly and shit and try to invite him to things. And he had already, once that happened, he had already gone back to O'Malley's as a regular, as a paid regular. And, um, so I didn't see him for a long time, a year, maybe a year and a half. And I just saw him at Taco Bell, like last month. I just, I just seen his ass. Yeah. And he, he, and then it, pulling up beside me, waving. <laughs> I was like, Oh shit, it's Steve. I ain't seen Steve in forever. And I'd actually try to get a hold of you like a week or a couple of days before that on social media, like on Facebook. And I didn't get a response from you. And I thought you had died or something. And, <laughs> You freaking! I came close. <laughs> we, he's like, you know, motioning me to pull in Lowe's, and we pulled in right there. And he said, like, yeah, what's up, man, and everything, and got back together, man, and fucking started hanging out and working out some treatment plans and stuff. But you, you said you uh, erased all your social media, and that's the reason why you mm-hmm. couldn't get a hold of me. Yeah, because I was needing some help, man. Yeah, I was at that stage where I wanted to get out of what I was doing. But then you. Didn't want it that bad because my phone number was saved in your phone. You had my phone number. Yeah, I was struggling to <laughs> still hang out with you even though. Yeah, but that's all good. That's water under the bridge. Dog. We're here yeah. now and we're moving along. And where do we go from here? You know? Yeah, we work on things, man. 
We got some. Uh, we got a comment from the live audience members. Um, also, you can go on Netflix and watch um, Jeff Oh yeah, I know who he is. The puppet guy. I'll check it out. Maybe he'll come to town, and I can go see him. Are you okay up there? <laughs> you okay up there? <laughs> Where do we go from here, B? Although I want to kind of turn the corner a little bit and get off this relationship stuff for a second. Yeah. You don't like it when the pressure's on you, do you, buddy? <laughs> if we drill it home, if we continue to drill it home and get it through your head, maybe it might stick a little. At some point, it might stick. So I guess what um, Brandon wants to get out of the hot seat. It's been hot for a few days. I want to get on. I want it to cool off a little bit. And like to be honest, like you know, we had a really good day at the at the lake today. It was awesome getting out in the sun and like swimming for the first time this year. I swam a little bit. Yeah, it was awesome. Somebody splashed the heck out of me, so I said mm-hmm. the heck with it. I jumped in. It was just an awesome day. I had a really good time. But in in hanging out for a little bit and talking to you, um, you know, sounds like Kayla has a really pretty has an, had an interesting life. It's a, yeah. It's so, been pretty intriguing so far. Pretty rad. I thought it was very interesting. I was so interested far. in her. I was inter- inter- interested in her and in, in talking like three words or four words to her. What and were so those I, words? I well, love chicken nuggets. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Give me some nuggies. You want? I don't know. I just knew that I was interested in her, and I I could see like I don't know. I'd seen something in her, and so I wanted to know more. I just I had to keep on talking to her. But I guess I want to know who Kayla is. You know, how do we get here? How do we get to this point? To North Carolina? To this table. Where do you want me to start? Well, I met this guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's where she wants you to start. That's what she was saying. At the... So what? You said they were kissing behind a tree. No. <laughs> we was hugging a tree. We hugged a tree. We did, and that was pretty nice. Oh, uh, maybe that. Maybe that's what you saw. <laughs> you were saying it like fifty times. You said you saw him kissing behind a tree. Like Don't look at me like that. No, I nope, did not. She was legitly fishing. <laughs> no, yeah. I didn't. You did. You started that. You started that. You. St- I have a sunburn, girl. <laughs> I have a sunburn. You were not like that before. Yeah, I saw it in the camera when I was talking to that man. The man that had no pants on. <laughs> he didn't have any <laughs> pants on. <laughs> he he wanted to talk. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> what can I say? He's I'm he- a talker. He's here to do a job. I'm here to help. <laughs> All, right. All right, yeah. Just start anywhere you want to, Kayla. It just seemed like you've uh, you've seen a lot. Like you've been around, some, done some traveling, moved around a lot. Like that's always interesting to me yeah. to talk about. And I don't know. Well, um, just start at the beginning. I guess. How, how much time we got? <laughs> um, I was born and raised in Michigan, and I moved out of my mom's at like six or seven. And kept running away trying to get to my dad's house. So I got myself in trouble and started fighting and started drugs at a very young age. 
And at eight, I was pretty heavy into heroin, an IV user, and fighting and skipping school and all that stuff. And then my dad kept going to jail, so I got put in foster care. And I left foster care and got in a lot of trouble and got sentenced to a few years. And so I was a minor, so they split it up between placement and juvie and rehab. And then I did my last three years in jail as an adult. And they, from 12 to 18, I dated my brother's best friend. And that was my first husband. And the day that we got married, he told me that he had cheated on me and the girl was pregnant. Mm. So I walked away and we got in annulled. Three months later, I moved to Wyoming, which started my traveling. And I met my second husband. We got married three months after I met him. Hey, you'd like to rush like my boy B does, huh? I just know I'm a wife. And that's how I was raised. My family is very old-fashioned. They're Mennonite. And I don't know. I just knew that I was a wife. And I never really experienced anybody outside of Preston. And Kyle just kind of swept me off my feet, even though he was on drugs and didn't really take care of himself or his place and stuff like that. So I kind of just put my entire world into helping him and getting him clean so that I could have the life that I wanted and I could stay clean. And then his baby mama, because when I met him, she was pregnant and living with them and they're broken up or whatever. She stayed with us until she had her baby and then she moved to Wyoming or to Washington and we ended up packing up and moving across state or across over to Washington. And so we stopped in all the states, like in between Wyoming and Washington. And it took us about six months. And we finally got to Washington and he got his son. We got a house and I had a really good job and all that stuff. And six years later, we ended up getting a divorce. Why did you guys get a divorce? Because he relapsed and was abusive and his son was there with me and I got tired of having to talk to cops and talk to CPS and trying to keep Lucian in the home and all that stuff. So I finally just asked for help and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Lucian is not my child. Like I can't be putting him through this. And I left the house with the bag and went to Seattle. And then... I just got tired of being alone. After a year, I didn't have any friends. I didn't know nobody. Like, he kind of just, I had to quit my job. He just had me stay home. And so when I went to Seattle, I got back into bad crowds, bad people, the cartel and all that. And Mm. I was going crazy because, like, my whole life had been revolved around Kyle and his son. I didn't really know what to do anymore. So I was very depressed and not taking care of myself or worrying about the environment I was in or the people I was surrounding myself with. And so I just packed my bag and I went to Oregon and then I went to Texas and then I went back over to Idaho and I met a guy named Tyler and he was using and had just gotten divorced and I was kind of scared because I was depressed that I was going to relapse. So I called my dad who I hadn't talked to in five years because he was an addict and we always used drugs together and stuff. I called him, and he was sober and going to church and had a good job. I was like, I need some help. And he's like, well, come here to North Carolina. And I got to about the halfway point, and I realized that I didn't want to go back to the life that I left Michigan, which was the drugs and my angry dad mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I stopped, and I went up to Michigan 
And I was there for about a month and Tyler wouldn't stop getting high. And my brother's a very, he's very abusive. He has schizophrenia. And I saw him for the first time in like 10 years and he beat me up and stuff happened. So I called my dad. Mm-hmm. It was about like midnight, one o'clock in the morning, something like that. And my told him what happened and he got in the car and drove 12 hours to Michigan and picked me up and brought me down here. And I got a job right away and I met Jacob and he was like my only fan for like eight months. I just stayed at the flea market with my dad and I would go to work and then I would go to the bars with Jacob to go dancing and yeah, whatever else. And This Jacob guy, he's a real bar goer too isn't he he, yep. he likes to, he likes that bar too yeah and uh it started affecting my work and i was sleeping more and i have depression so like when i get depressed i'll sleep non-stop i won't get out of bed i won't eat i won't nothing and so my dad started pointing that out and i was like okay maybe i need to take a break from jacob and then i started just focusing on myself and after like two months i met zach I really, really liked him, and I thought, like, maybe I would marry this dude, okay? And, I like, Jacob just would not let it happen. He kept coming over to my dad's camper, showing up at Zach's house, texting us, sending pictures, showing up at my dad's booth, stealing my clothes, taking stuff out of our tent. And Zach just must have got tired of it or whatever. And at, like, 1 in the morning, he said he was going to get cigarettes and never came back. <laughs> so I was kind of heartbroken, and I went yeah. back to Jacob. Yeah. And nothing changed. He just kept cheating on me and doing, like, not hard drugs, but, like, his drugs and drinking all the time. And so we started fighting all the time again, and uh, I was just scared. And so I left him, and I got with another dude who ended up being on drugs, but he hit it very well. He had a really good job, so he always had money, but he had no place. He had no car, no license, didn't pay his child support. And at night would go fucking psycho, like just a different man. And so I ended up grabbing my turkey. What was the attraction to him at first? I didn't see that he was on drugs. And I had asked him specifically when he asked me out if he did drugs and like some other questions and stuff. And he said no. So he lied to you. Yeah. And he had a really good job and he's older. So I figured he wouldn't play the games that the other people did. And... Yeah, he did. So the last night I was with him and it got pretty bad. And he, I had just gotten this turkey. It was pouring rain. And I was like at least five, six miles away from my dad's. So I shoved this turkey in my boobs and I walked. <laughs> and I was like, it's done. I'm done. I can't do this no more. Okay. And I got to my dad's like three weeks later. Here's Jacob. That dude can't get enough, huh? This guy is Well, no, not around. even for me. He brings my parents acid. And so my parents are tripping and I have to keep them at this flea market <clears throat> full of people in their booth. And I'm like, oh, my God, back and forth, trying to find my mom, bring her back to my dad. And I had to my grandpa's disabled. So he was at my dad's house. I had to run back to check on him. And when I opened the camper door, Jacob's standing there with chocolate cake. And I'm like, what are you doing, Jacob? Like, <laughs> how's my grandpa? Did you check on him? Did you give him water? Da, 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 da. And I'm sitting in the bed and like it had been a good five ten minutes if i'm like what are you doing here why are you in my house and then he never left and then yeah. i met you <laughs> yeah wait 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 between you, you meeting me and then him never leaving like this that's when all the you'd, you'd already dated him and broke up at the time 
Me and Jacob only dated for a month, but we have been friends for 11 months. We dated for, I think, like six, or we were friends for like six or seven months before I decided I would date him just because the first night we did hang out, he asked me to go to a bar with him and his friend, and he ended up, I just saw how he was flirting with all the girls, and he would try to hook Johnny up with girls at the bar and end up like flirting with them and getting their number, and then Johnny was stuck (laughs) sitting with me. And then their second date, he ended up leaving the bar with some chick and left me there with Johnny. And so I was like... And then he tried to set you up with Johnny. No. Johnny Johnny asked me out on on a date first, and I said no. And then Jacob came to the camper. He's like, let's just go out as friends, all three of us. I'm like, okay, we can do that. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Should have said no. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like this Jacob guy just keeps messing you up. Or you, I don't know, you just, <coughs> you guys live so close and everything. Yeah, like it's hard and to he get doesn't leave my dad's camper. Like, our last fight made it so that I couldn't go to the market no more. I was a lot at my dad's house, so I had yeah. to move out and all that stuff. And You're safe now? You're in a safe place now? Yeah. I mean, he's, really? still, he's still coming around. He's like, yeah. not he's not too far, far away. no. Per, the shaman. Okay, I live it's with my shaman. friend. And that's that's what we started. Shaman, oh, another story. Right. A shaman. Um, he ended up sleeping with his girlfriend and getting him kicked out of his house, and they broke up, and she got a PPO, and they literally live within like maybe twenty steps of each other, and Jacob's constantly around, constantly around. Dude, this guy Jacob, man, he's just, yeah. oh, he's always around somebody, man. He's like he's messing things up. I mean, he, he might be, he's not doing it intentionally. Kind of. And this, sometimes he is. Sometimes he'll, he is. He'll tell me, he's like, it's not going to stop. And I'm like, my only options are to fight you. So I don't know what else to do. I asked for help. And my dad told him when he left, because my parents moved Florida today, to leave me alone unless I contact him and let him know, like, I want you around. Da, 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 da. And the first, as soon as my dad pulls out of joyway, I get a text from Jacob saying, you should be with the shaman. You guys would be a good couple. He's trying to set you up with the shaman? Yeah, because he's sleeping with his girlfriend. And I'm yeah. like, listen. It's his way of getting rid of the shaman from him trying to <laughs> yeah, go back yeah. to them. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I live here with them because it's the safest place. Like The shaman? No, my friend. <laughs> okay. He just had to move in. The shaman is my friend's caretaker because she's kind of... Gotcha. She has mental health issues pretty bad. Gotcha. Yeah. I think, um, you know... That's a lot. That's a lot of life experience, you know, mm-hmm. and there's so many di- different directions that we could go. And I'm sure you have like so many stories to tell from the road and all the different places that you've been. But I think, I think mm-hmm. we could, I, I would almost like to table that for a future conversation mm-hmm. because I think what interests me, I don't know, the most right now. I'm not saying that the stuff, all those things that you went through and everything, like, don't matter to me. Mm-hmm. But what what immediately comes to my mind, and I don't necessarily know why, but what immediately comes to my mind is like everybody loves a loves a comeback story, right? And you know, we sat here and we've 
spilled our guts to you about all the bullshit that we lived through over the years and how we're trying to change our lives and or have changed our lives. And I guess like what I've learned from that experience is that like, I don't remember who I was saying this to, but like I can remember like being a young boy like Miss Raven here, right? I can remember being that kid and like your parents or your teachers or whoever telling you like, you can do whatever you want, mm-hmm. you know, opportunities, like whatever you can achieve your dreams. You know, my dream was to play in the NBA. Well, I'm fucking scrawny little white dude. I'm <laughs> not going to play in the NBA. Okay. But like, so like to me, like that's, that was like bullshit, mm-hmm. right? Because my life lacked clarity. I didn't have the vision to like know what what my dreams were, what a real realistic dreams <laughs> were. So I guess like I say all that to ask you, and I'm not a fan of like where do you see yourself in five years? Like the therapy mm-hmm. questions, I'm not a fan of that shit either because I think goals and shit like that are so fluid and they change. And what my goals were a year ago aren't what they are today. But like, what do you want? Like, what if if you could? If Miss Raven could wave a magic wand and your life could look however you want it to be, what would it look like? Honestly, I don't even really know. I think that's why I came here to figure it out. Like I expected my life to be with my last husband. Came to the mountains? Yeah. Came to North Carolina? With, with my dad. I didn't really know what to do after my last divorce. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I liked or what my favorite color was or where I was going to go or what I wanted. So I came out here and I still don't really know, but I know this is what I want, how my life is right now. And I have a lot of mental health problems. So like, I don't try to ever look too far forward. I try to just live today. And if something's Mm -hmm. too sad, then I'll work on it tomorrow when I can think on it clearly. Yeah. But my mental health is pretty much just my only focus. Like I, know I think, I, I really think though. Like I said, all that stuff was bullshit. Mm-hmm. But that was the nine-year-old Steve that felt that way. Yeah. But after like getting some of the things that after discovering what my like real passions are, mm-hmm. this being one of them, sitting here and talking to people about their lives and shit. Like I don't know the the guy that's tattooed on my leg. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the man that's tattooed on my leg. <laughs> I have a giant pick cardboard cutout of his face upstairs. Yeah. Right? In my kitchen. Hanging on my kitchen wall. And his face is tattooed on my leg. <clears throat> that man is my favorite radio DJ. Oh. When I was a kid, young man, young adult. Even to today, I I would listen to this morning talk show in Mm -hmm. my hometown in Tampa, Florida. And it's like these, I would call them the white trash Howard Stern, right? It's like some like men's humor, like jokes, bullshit, Mm -hmm. white trash shit from Florida, you know? But I love this show. I fucking love this show. I love like the conversations. I love the theater of the mind. I love the art behind it just like the way that like i would listen to the show and the way that these people behind the microphones made me feel Mm -hmm. as the listener and so 
I got lost in the drugs and shit and I didn't know I wasn't aware of what I wanted to do. I wasn't aware of what I wasn't focused on what your career was going to be. But if I could do anything in the world when I was a teenager, if I could do anything in the world would be to go work for these guys. Like behind the scenes, it was not even like a radio DJ, but like behind the scenes, like running the fucking computers or whatever, just like, yeah, that it, that's what I was. That's what I was interested in. It's like the drugs was like a, a gust of wind that come and got you and swept you away off your path. Yeah. And so after like starting this recovery stuff and realizing that the things that they were teaching me in the classroom and stuff was like bullshit, and I wasn't really like working towards what I was really passionate about, I started thinking about that. I started thinking about what I really wanted to do, and that's when I started the first podcast. And then we, people actually listen to us, right? <laughs> I didn't think nobody would listen. People actually listen to our show. So much so that we got a fan base, a group of fan, like listeners and such a large number of listeners that we were able to fund and through donations, all of this recording equipment that we're using today was paid for by the people who listened to us, who listened to that program. Then I was like, fuck, we got something here. Like these people enjoy it. Like we're serving a purpose. I'm serving my life's purpose, Mm -hmm. you know? And so though I'm not, we're talking on the beach today and like, though I'm not making a million dollars doing whatever, I don't, my bank account's not fucking dripping. I'm still happy doing this shit. My life is fulfilled because I'm doing this shit. I say all that stuff to ask you what what is it, is it that right? would fulfill your life? What is it that would get you to the point where you're like, I get it. I got this shit. Like, this is my thing. I think that I'm there. Because, like, before I had no control of my life. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell people no. I couldn't tell people to stop. I, I just did it, what everybody wanted me to do. And being here in North Carolina, I really had to be independent. Even though my dad was here, he had my stepmom and my grandpa and his own stresses. I never really had just me to take care of. Mm-hmm. I always had somebody else to take care of too. And now I work and I love it. And yeah. I sleep and I do what I want and I eat what I want and I go where I want and I say what I want and I tell people stop and I tell people no. And I don't like it. I'm very fulfilled and happy. Like I may yeah. not have what a lot of people think I should have, Is but I, I'm loved and I love myself and I love my life. And yeah. I know if I want or need something, I can get it myself. But is that the end of the story? The story goes on. Maybe little add-ons here or there, but yeah. this is my story. Yeah. I, I created a life for myself that I didn't have growing up. I had no stability. I mean, I've worked my entire life. But I have my own stability that I gave to myself. Do you plan on staying here? The mount- yeah. Is the mountains home? I think so. There's I mean, all the moving and stuff. Like With my entire life, I've been chasing my dad and wanting to be with him and having that family again. And he was here for a little bit with me. And he moved today. And I didn't question whether I wanted to go or not. I told him, no, I want to stay here. And even though it's not a career job that most people would pick, it's a very, my job, we're a family. And I know that I 
they will be there for me and I will always have a job. And if I leave and get another job and want to come back, they'll take me. And that's not something that I want to give up. And the peace that I found here where I can just go out into the woods and sit there by myself all day or go into the bar and dance and not drink or tell people that are using drugs around me to get away or that I can walk away. Like that's better than anything else I can ever think of. I couldn't do it before. I, I let like people it. sit there I and like get that. high. I like it. That's simple, man. Whatever. I like it. Yeah. yeah. What are your What are your hobbies? What do you What do you do with your spare time? There has to be some spare time. You don't work. I mean, before my dad <clears throat> left, my grandpa he's home, so he's disabled, and the only really break my mom has is me. So I do that, and I mean, I have to keep myself busy or. I lose my mind, I get depressed, so I'll sleep, or I'll get high, or I'll go hang out with people that I know I shouldn't be hanging out with, but I feel like somehow they soothe me, like knowing that they know what I felt like back then kind of soothes me, I don't know why, it's like most people, especially here, they don't think that I've been through stuff like that, they think that my dad is rich, and that I lived in this perfect little suburb home or whatever and i didn't i grew up as a little white girl in michigan in the city and i mean going from a mennonite home to doing whatever i wanted i really went crazy i didn't have any boundaries yeah so i do get it i don't like the drugs and i don't like the lifestyle that these people have but see that's kind of like me too like i had stability and a safe haven at my grandparents house and you know like there's livestock there and there's, it's kind of like a farm you know and we kind of just live in our own little world there on the mountain and then when I decided to move out at 18 that's when I got up with the you know the toxic relationship and the drugs and all hanging out and all that stuff and partying and stuff and like living on my own I was isolated I I got lonely, you know, loneliness really crept in on me and kind of st- instilled something in me, you know, and then, um, I don't know, you know, that's what, where, what happened to me too, I believe, like, I need to find that stability again, that I lost the safe haven that I had before, and even when I go up to my grandparents and I'm staying at my grandparents now, I still don't have that that comfort anymore inside me. Mm-hmm. So, so we seek it out in other things. Yeah, I don't know. I feel comfortable at the bar. <laughs> but I don't know. You're I'm, getting comfortable at that table behind that microphone, son. I know, man. I'm comfortable, man. I'm comfortable in this now. I'm finding new ways to be comfortable. You know, and not be lonely, and to love myself. And I don't know. I mean, I definitely found that when I was depressed and I was shy and I felt bad about myself and had my own insecurities, I was jealous of what my husband was doing and I worried that he was going elsewhere and it definitely created a wedge between us and made us not friends, made us not trust it. And once I left him and I started finding myself and I love myself now and I know I'm not ugly inside or outside I know I'm a caring person all that I definitely feel like I would if I were put back in that situation things could have been different like we were both looking for 
someone to love us, but we didn't know what type of love we wanted. We didn't love ourselves, And so we didn't mm -hmm. know how to love each other. And it just ruined a lot. And I don't think you'll ever really find a relationship if you don't figure out how to be alone. Yeah. First. I'm always looking for that person to love me. <coughs> yeah. I really want to say something, but I don't know if it's going to be rude. I don't. I mean, you should have heard what I've said during the last three days. <laughs> Do you think maybe there's some things you may need to talk about with your mom? Yeah. And like release and like figure out and how to let go. Yeah, I do every once in a while I'll talk to her about it. Well, not exactly to your mom, but like to a counselor. How to like, because I know sometimes I feel things and I don't know how to work them out or how I'm actually feeling about it. And so when I talk to my counselor, she's like, Well, how do you do this? How do you change your thought process? Like, right. When I think somebody doesn't like me, it's nothing to do with them. So it's something I got to change in my head. And it's because of the abuse I went through as a child. Yeah, it was definitely as a child for me, too, because I never grew up with a mother or a father. So. I think that it's a lot of it's just like that. It's hard. It's difficult to with we're, we keep ourselves. You talked about we keep ourselves so busy. Right. We got all we have so many working pieces to our life, jobs and this and that and bills and whatever it is that's going on that like most of the time I am completely unaware of how I'm feeling inside. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, how do I. How do I acknowledge what's taking place in here and in here? How do I acknowledge that? Because I can't do anything unless I know what's going on. So I got to be aware of what's happening inside. Once I'm aware of it, then I can tact, tact, tactically approach it, approach it methodically with like uh, some sense of direction, like speaking to a counselor or whatever it is. So like that's where my journaling comes in. Because just doing that journal every single morning makes me aware of, and I fucking hate writing. I do too. When I was in high school, when I was in college, I'll get up and give a presentation in front of as many people as are out there. But you tell me to write a paper and I will fucking struggle. I, I have a problem from getting what's up here to out here, mm -hmm. you know? But I'll do, I'll, so I like, it was suggested to me, but from another guy in the program to like journal. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to fucking do when that. He, that's the last thing I'm going to do. Suggest when he suggested it to me, I, was like, oh, I don't want to do that. Well, growing up locked up, I had to write letters. Yeah. Every yeah, day yeah. You get good at it. <laughs> and stuff like that. And then, yeah. like counseling, they had me, I couldn't speak to my mom. Like we just, I would just try to fight her. I hated her. So they would have us write letters back and forth while I was in foster care and juvie and stuff. And it helped. Yeah. Like I never really had the attachment for to her, but I got some closure and understanding because I didn't see my mom as a human. I just saw her as my mom. Yeah. And when she would write me it, I, I really saw her side and saw that she didn't know what to do a lot of the times. She just didn't know. Yeah. How's your relationship with her today? I don't really talk to her still at yeah. all. I mean, holidays, I'll call her and tell her I love her and whatnot. And if something goes on, I'll let her know. But I, she's not my mom. She yeah. gave birth to me. but And that was a lot of my anger was between my mom and my brother. And I had to let go of my mom, my brother. I don't think it's ever something I can ever let go of. But I've forgiven him. And I've kind of like he's just not here anymore. Kept a healthy distance. Yep.
Do you see yourself having children one day? No. No? You just can't. Well, I can, but like mentally I just can't. Yeah. Can't fathom that watching my dad go through what he went through and losing my stepson and I just can't. It's not, I know my mental health and I know what I can handle and I don't think that's something I yeah. could handle if anything happened or if somebody tried to take them or whatever. I can't do it. I would, my life would be done. Right. So. I get it. Yep. I think the other thing that like the journal helps me with is that like, there's people in my life that, you know, there's some conflict, there's conflict areas in my life and people that like, either I can't talk to about it, meaning they can't receive my, my message because they're not in a place where they can hear what I have to say mm-hmm. or they're not physically present. And just by like writing that shit down, it still gets it out of me whether they hear it or not, you know? So that might be a good like starting point for these conversations that you want to have with your mom, mm-hmm. Brandon, that like, can, you know, start writing that shit down. And I was telling you, like when I started doing this, like it was like, Today I went to Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, bought some ground beef, some pork chops. Yeah. You know, it was just it wasn't there wasn't no feelings going on. But I did every single day. And you get used to it. Like I still I write my grandma a letter every day. And then when my parents go to Michigan, I give them the letters and all of them. All of them. That's and really they cool. give them to her and I've done this since I was twelve. Yeah. Every day and she always sends me letters home. But sometimes I don't remember what I'm writing her. Like I It'll be the God honest truth about the worst day or what I'm thinking mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And when I first started writing the letters in jail, it was, I'm in jail. I had church today. I had this and that. And like, there was really no attachment into it. And then I got that first letter back in my grandma's side. And I, she was very honest with me. But I do know there's lots of letters that I couldn't send her that I had to take out and burn and stuff like that. And, so maybe you could write your mom letters and you ain't got to send it to her. You can just keep them. And then like right. a year from now, you can go back and read yeah. how you felt and like where you progressed. And yeah. Measure your growth a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can. And like keep, be like, I was happy. I feel sad about this. And like you can mark on the side of your page, like this paragraph made me feel like this. And you see a pattern. So don't actually, I don't have to actually show mm-hmm. her the letters. Mm-hmm. But I, can, I can still write it like I'm talking to her. Yeah, Uh, and then you can see your pattern. Yeah. 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 Maybe it'll just help you feel less lonely because you let go of some things or you came to... See, mom mom would do that throughout my whole childhood and everything. She would come into my life for a couple weeks, go back out for months, come back in my life. Issues, maybe? Yeah. And then go come in my life for a couple of weeks or whatever. Have a new boyfriend. Stay for a little while. Doing drugs. And head back out. She's She was always looking for that, too, because she didn't have her mother and father there, either. She grew up with the same grandparents I'm growing up with. Yeah. And then, like, I think, like, it, it's like the next generation is, like, feeling the same thing. Yeah. It's like we're keeping the cycle going. So know? where the where the power lies is committing to breaking that cycle. Mm-hmm. That's kind of why I asked you if you plan on having children. I'll ask you the same thing. Is like I think scientists, psychologists, whoever the fuck will say that like, you know, it's um genetically speaking, like we are 
uh, what's the fucking word I'm looking for? We have uh, Pre- predisposed. Predisposed. No, it's ingrained in us to like procreate, right? That's why we choose to have sex or whatever the case may be. Like that's what's like driving. That's the driving force is to mm-hmm. procreate. The potential in that is to break that cycle of um, generational trauma. <clears throat> you know, to be able to break that cycle. Yeah. I was having a conversation with my mom a couple nights ago about the protests and about the riots. And I know we haven't talked a lot about anything um, current events on this podcast because we're like saving them for a future, but it's relevant here because it made me think of that specific thing after having this conversation with her in that she was really upset because where she lives in Tampa, a block, two blocks away, had a ton of rides, ton of fires. They burned down the shopping mall. Mm-hmm. Chaos ensued in the streets. She was upset about it. You know, she was like talking about how like protest is one thing, but the rioting and stuff is another. And I was just as gently and compassionately as possible. I was just trying to like see, allow her to see the other perspective and allow her trying to show her that we don't know what it's like to be a person of color. Mm -hmm. We don't know what these individuals have gone through. You can fill up a a balloon full of water, but eventually if you don't turn the faucet off, the balloon's going to blow up. Mm -hmm. And we've tried, we've attempted peaceful protests. We've attempted peaceful forms of communication to no change. Mm -hmm. So at what point does that balloon burst? We're probably there, you know? And I was telling her a story about the last time I got arrested. And the last time I got arrested, it was a shit show on the way to jail. I was in the back of the cop car. It was an African-American Florida highway patrolman driving me. And I was in his ear motherfucking him (laughs) the entire way to jail, talking so much shit. To this dude. And I was in his ear because he was driving and I was right behind him and I was leaning forward up on the cage just fucking grilling him. <laughs> I could see I, you do that. And I was watching because they have a camera back there in the back seat. And I was watching myself on his computer. I could see my face on his computer and I was watching myself just fucking grill this guy. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. The entire time, this gentleman showed me the utmost respect. And he gave me words of encouragement throughout all my fuckery. He gave me words of encouragement. telling Because I was like, I was telling him like, you ruined my fucking life. You're a fucking piece of shit. I'll never fucking drive because I have so many DUIs. Y'all never fucking drive again. My life's ruined. I'm, I don't have anywhere to go. I'm homeless. Like I was just fucking grilling him and blaming him. And he was giving me words of encouragement and telling me that, it's not too late and that I can change my life and that he, I was fucking driving on the interstate with no license plate down the middle of the road, drunk as fuck. And he was, he was telling me, I, 
there's a chance that I, I saved your life tonight. Mm-hmm. You have an opportunity to change your life. He was just saying encouraging things. He was saying things that stuck with me, that when I sobered up that morning, I remembered what he said. Yeah. And it, it, it played a role in me wanting to change my life. And that's a long story to get to trying to tell my mom that if the roles were reversed mm-hmm. and I was the driver and he was in the back seat, put it on the house that it would have gone differently. Yep. Right. And that there's no way the white officer would have treated the person of color in the back seat the way that this gentleman treated me. Right. Yeah. Saying all this mean, like all that shit. Saying all that shit. I, I mean, I was fucking motherfucker. <laughs> I was, it was so, it was, I'm so embarrassed. I don't want to see the tape. I do not want to pull the tape. I do not want to, I don't want ever even thinking about it makes me ashamed as fuck for the person that I was. But I was just telling her that. I was explaining that to her. And she goes, I want to tell you something. She goes, I want to tell you that I don't, she goes, I don't know if you know, but your grandparents were born in Southern Alabama. Your grandparents were very racist. They threw the N-word around. She was like, constantly threw the N-word around. I heard it every day of my life growing up until I was an adult. She goes, when you were born, Two weeks after you were born, your grandfather came over to our house. You were just a little baby. I was breastfeeding you. I was sitting on the couch. I was watching TV. He walks in my house, and he says that word. He starts saying it. She was watching Sanford and Son. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, why are you watching this blah, 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 blah stuff? And at that moment, for the first time in her life, she stood up to him. She said, you will never... Come into my house. See, I'm the oldest child. I got goosebumps really bad. Insane. She said, you will never come into my house and see these kids using that language in my house. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to raise my kids the way that you guys raised me. Yeah. And I stopped her at that moment when she was telling me the story. And I was like, that is... The change, the change that these people are, the change that these people are fighting for, right? Like, what can we do as Caucasian individuals? Where does our power lie? It's somewhat minimal besides standing up against racism, but that is breaking the cycle. That's breaking that habitual pattern, generational cycle over and over and over again. Now we're grown, right? My brothers and sisters have, I got five nieces and nephews. My mom is a grandmother to five nieces and nephews. Guess what? Not a single one of those children have heard that word from any of us, right? That's breaking it. So that's what I'm talking about with like, we now have the power to break the, to break the patterns of trauma that we lived as children. It's like, I want to have kids now. I do because I want to be the best parent that I can be, that I know how to be, that I can put a child into this world that will continue to influence the world in a positive way, right? Because I've learned all this shit, how fucked up my life was and all the bullshit that I've been through and stuff. And if my parents can break these generational curses or whatever, then so can I. And it can even be better. So I don't know that that's how, that was just what I was thinking about. And it just like, it struck me the other day when I was talking to her and I was just like, 
you did it. You did your part, mom. Like you did the best thing that you could have done in that very moment. And now here we are 37 or 38 years later, our family is different than it was. Yeah. yeah. See, I got to break the chain too. I have a long, and you, you have an opportunity to though. I'm trying. Um, see, like I've got to be consistent, you know, to my uh, relatives and stuff. But see, my other sisters though, they're over in Bryson City, and like we don't really have a relationship like as well as I'd like. But our family has is not always been always together. You know, because my mother and their stepdad had a crazy thing going on too after my dad passed I mean they, they had things going right and I was supposed to grow up there over there in Bryson City with my stepdad and my mom like the huge fucking house built from the, from the money from my father passing and my mom had was pregnant with his children or had his children and stuff and then he started, he got on substance abuse. Like, I mean, meth and all kinds of other shit. It got wild and everything, and she left. But she'd, she'd been through so much trauma that I think that she could not come back, you know, because she, she had done everything right, and she had tried everything to keep that relationship going that it hurt her so bad, you know, to where she needs help too. And um, so... I didn't get to grow up with my sisters as much. I didn't have a father. I didn't grow up in a different household or that household I was supposed to, I guess you could say. I grew up with my grandparents and they taught me everything I know or knew at that point in time until I moved out, you know, kind of wanted to get out of the world that I was in. But then now I'm kind of wishing that I stayed in the world that I was in before I moved out. My mom always said, never look in the past. Don't wish for it to be different. And I never understood it until I got older. And I found out how her childhood was and stuff like that and trauma she had been through. And I realized that's the only way she could stay sane. Because I would try to bring anything up. And she's like, (laughs) nope, I don't want to talk about it. Nope, it's in the past. Like, move on. Let's work on it and get over it. And, like, your mom, my my entire life, my dad's used drugs. He's been in and out of jail, stalking, domestic violence, stuff like that. And up until two years ago, he used until he came here. And this is the first time in my entire life I've seen him sober. And he was bad, too. Never had a home, never had a job. Lived with my grandma until he was 40. Your mm. mom may be lost, but everybody can come back. Yeah, I hope that she does. And I do want to help her, but I'm not healthy enough to help her. Nobody yeah. can help anybody. Last time I seen my mom, themselves. I used with her. Yeah. You know. But you can't help yourself. And by helping yourself, it helps helps her. her. Yeah, Yeah. that's that was my plan when I was in school and I started college. That's why one of the reasons why I wanted to help people was because I seen the need, uh, you know, in my family because I had substance abuse and like everybody, everybody in my family except my grandparents had substance abuse problems. Yeah. Maybe that's why your mom did so well with your stepdad in the beginning is because he was sober and could give her stability and gave her. Yeah, at the beginning. Base grounding and then. Yeah, in the beginning he did, but and then it's kind of like, you know, he messed it up for her because uh, he went into doing drugs and then she started doing them too. And then, I don't know, things didn't go as hurt as what she planned. 
you know, and she needed somebody right after my father dying. She needed stability. She needed that. And yeah, she thought so she had it. Yeah, I do. And you're getting to that age where you're not going to have many people. I know. They're going. So you got to make some stability and some roots yourself. Or yeah, I you're know. you're going to be lost. Yeah, I And you're going to be sad and you're going to be in the same position. Yeah, I, I, I can see it now and everything. You hear what she said? What? Lost? Yeah. He's been asking for something. Direction. Direction. He's been asking for direction. Don't know where to go. Don't have the as motivation to do it. Don't know where you're For like the last be. month, as long as I've reconnected with him, he's been looking for direction. When I, when I first started re- reconnecting, it was like right after I'd done the um, sweat lodge. I was like, mm-hmm. dude, the spirit gave me some direction. Were you there that night? No. no. Okay. You got to give yourself a purpose. Yeah. And... Waking up, even though you're tired, you gotta get up. You gotta get out of bed, even if it's taking a shower and going for a walk or going to do anything. You gotta get up. Like I'm very depressed, and growing up, I slept a lot. But you're not gonna feel better until you get up. There's a big purpose sitting on that recliner over there. Yeah, I know. I know. But you gotta get up, and once you get your feet on the ground and you drink some water or take a shower, you just gotta stay up. I also yeah. believe that because I have gotten to this point, I don't. I can't say that I'm there right now again, starting over, but I was at a point and I kind of saw it in you a little bit in this conversation about asking what, what you want, that I can look back at all those things that I went through and all those things that I did and the person that I was and stuff and have a sense of appreciation for that. Mm-hmm. Have a sense that like, a sense of gratitude that like those things make, made me who I am today and that person that I am today can use that experience, wisdom, whatever you want to call it to help other people or to just by tell, just by being honest and open with people. Um, I don't know. There's just, there's just a strong sense of sense, a sense of appreciation for all those things. Mm-hmm. And back then I thought I was cursed. Yeah, you know, you like can't see the positive side. There was no positive in it, and I'm not there right now. You know, every, I wake up every morning, motherfucking myself for doing what I did. It was one fucking day. Mm-hmm. You know, you get there where you'll have that sense of appreciation, have that sense of gratitude for doing all those things. Yeah, so. and then the pride of you doing it on your own, fucking right, yeah. man, and not being forced. <clears throat> Yeah, because there's definitely a difference between a judge telling me I need to get clean and me wanting. To get I told clean. him that last night. I was like, "Hey, we can do this. You want to do it the hard way? Let's go fucking burn some shit down. We'll get you locked up, and they'll you'll get clean. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, come on. No, now's the time. I don't want to do it that way. Yeah, but like a judge, a probation officer, parents, they all tried to force me to get clean, and it wasn't until I saw my dad. He was like, "If you die, I die. Like I ain't got nobody but you." And you keep putting yourself in these positions of overdosing and all this other stuff. And one day you're not going to wake up and I'm going to be gone. And then you're doing this to grandma and our other family. And I never touched that shit again. Never picked up another needle. Yeah. And that's because I wasn't sad anymore. And I had a purpose. Like I wanted to be happy and I didn't want to hurt people anymore. Because that's all you do when you're using is hurt people and yourself. Yeah. You don't make anything better. Well, listen, when I started using my, my mom, that's when I kind of 
felt like, you know, this is, this is it. This is the time that I need to stop this because now I've, I've, I've failed her. But it was also a bonding experience. It was. We did bond, but it wasn't in the way that I wanted to. But with the attachment thing, you still had that bonding. Yeah, but that also was destroying me because... Which chicken heads that? Oh no, it is from Orlando, Florida. At eleven fifteen at night. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some psilocybin coming in. Busted. Um, no, it's take, not. Not any girls. I'm talking. Take to. the call live on air. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I talking about? I forgot. I lost track. Your now. mom and you using with her. Oh yeah. And, um. Well, boss. see, my mom. I, my boss had a boss. I was using and everything, and I was being, I was productive and everything, and my boss was using, and my mom was using, my mom was seeing my boss, and boyfriend, girlfriend, that kind of thing, and so I'd had this family now, I had this kind of like thing I needed, like I had, I wasn't lonely anymore, but I was high all the time, Yeah. and so I didn't empty. feel, I didn't feel right, you know, it's like I got one thing and sacrificed the other. Now I want to go, I, so I was like, I can't do this. Like, so now I'm, I have to stay, I stay away from my mom and my boss. Like, I stay away from them because my boss was being like a dad. He was being a father figure to me. He he didn't like me drinking and driving. He would bitch me out about it. Like he was my dad. And then I didn't want to hear it and stuff. Like I had a father for a little while there. Mm-hmm. And like I, I think he still does care about me, but I just can't hang out over there anymore. I don't want to keep getting high, you know. Yeah. So make your own family. I mean, you don't gotta have a little family, but like, honestly, I think that's why it's been so hard to get away from Jacob because he's been my family since I've been here. Kathy's been my family. Ethan's been my family. Not really Nicole because she just started coming around. But I gotta detach from these people. <laughs> yeah, I had to detach from and my mom and her boyfriend. And my my friend, my best friend, that is my coworker. That started when I started going to the bar. I met him at the bar, and then that's kind of what led into me going over to his boss. And then his boss became, you know, like one of my best friends and a father figure. And then my mom came over there because she knew him very well, and so like we just started hanging out there. And then my mom, seeing how much I looked up to him and stuff, and I would listen to him and stuff, so she kind of fell in with him. And so now it's just, I don't know, something's going on over there. <laughs> so now, so I had to detach from that. And it's hard. It really hurt me. Well, I and brought my dad straight kids my entire life. So if you need. Straight kids. <laughs> yeah, for real. I realized this other day when he told me, quit bringing animals home. I was like, why do I do this? And then I remember bringing my addict friends to him. And even though he was using, he didn't really like me using without him, like. I had to use the drugs that he liked, and he wanted me to be there with him. So there would be a literal basement full of kids. <laughs> and my dad's sitting there like, what the fuck? But now that he's sober and clean, I bring my friends to him, and he'll show up at that bar, and he'll make you go home. He'll show up at your friends' houses and bitch them out and threaten them and be fucking crazy. And honestly, I think that's been what's made it so much easier for me to just walk away from people that are using is I know my dad will kill him. <laughs> Not literally kill him, but make their life hell, embarrass me, and make it public of what they're doing. And then I tell them, and once it gets to the point where I know that they don't care, 
then I know my dad's going to be crazy and I don't want any part of it. So I remove myself. Right. So if you need a positive psychopath, I got my dad. All right. <laughs> I'll give you his number. I'll take that. Yep. <laughs> he needs all the positive psychopaths he can get. Yeah. But he's very loving. All right. That's awesome. All right. Well, I appreciate uh, the conversation. It was mm-hmm. awesome talking to you guys. I fucking believe in you, Brandon. I'm going to tell you that every fucking podcast, we might grill you hard. <laughs> all right. We, we it's for my own good. It's though. all for your own good. You know, that sometimes that's what it takes to enlighten you a little bit. Yeah, um, I need but it. I fucking know you know you can do it because you've done it before. I've seen you do it before. I've seen what the outcome of this work is because he did. We did it. We both did it. Yeah. We were there together. I've seen, you know. Yeah, we both seen this. <clears throat> I believe in you, Kayla. I enjoyed talking to you as well. That was awesome um, and fun. And we'll uh, probably do this again at some point to go a little bit further and tell me some stories from the road. Believe it or not, we've been talking for two hours and 40 minutes. My so. back feels it. I yeah, it's time it. to bounce. So let's, <laughs> there's a little one over there that's snoring. I don't, I don't know if you heard that or not. I did. I heard a snore. I, I, like, I, I hope Mike's got it too. Yeah, I'm so. pretty sure they did because I heard it. So <laughs> I want to hear it. Like when we review, when we edit it, I want to hear it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. We'll catch up later.